Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. What's going on, everyone? Jenna Cameron, John Ritchie. It is uh, 94 WIP. Great to be with you off and rolling on this Thursday morning. Well, some notable information coming out yesterday on the Eagles, at least from a social media standpoint. What to make of it, we'll get into it. You know, the Flyers, they win again last night. Nice job as they continue to position themselves for the postseason. Now, it's certainly not a done deal, but right now they're in a good spot. Sixers back at it tonight from the All-Star break, and that'll be the Philly debut of 76er Kyle Lowry, which is pretty cool to have the hometown guy playing for the local squad. Phil's obviously getting closer to their first spring training game. We'll talk to Ruben tomorrow at 7. we got a lot to do with you, and a lot of it today on the phone lines at 215-592-9494. Rich Rich. Hello, Joe. Hello there, Johnny. Silly string was invented for broken bones. You know, the little can that you spray, and it, it really is fun. It was made to be an instant cast. That, oh. uh, yeah, in the 60s, the inventor, Leonard A. Fish, and a chemist, Robert P. Cox, they thought that that was going to be the next uh, the next big thing. The rage in instant casts. Well, they didn't and succeed. And instead, it yeah. just turned out to be really fun. And yeah. Well, they kids, succeeded kids just in a different way, day. Joe. I mean, I think they they well, did fine financially, they, I guess. They failed at their objective, James. <laughs> you know what the thing about uh, They got a meeting with an executive at Whammo. Okay, yeah. What'd that get them? Money. Uh-huh. Lots yeah, of money. A lot, lot of money. A lot of money. <laughs> I'm playing around. All right, let's get to it here. You know, there's there's a lot going on. And, and again, good job by the Flyers last night. It'll be fun to see Lowry tonight, see what he's got as the, as the Sixers are back at it. Uh, you know, we also have not one but two what I'd call notable tweets yesterday, Eagles-related. And, and in the crosshairs are uh, Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, 
um, A.J. Brown, Philadelphia sports media, and to a certain extent, Philadelphia sports fans. Now, now let's get into it. I'm gonna, I'm Is gonna, that all? Yeah, that's okay, all. That's good. all. It's a, cool. it's a lot. Pretty it's a, comprehensive. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on there. So l- let me read them both, and then we'll react to both and certainly look for your reaction today at 215-592-9494. So it was a few hours after our show yesterday, and Derek Gunn, who I think we all just consider a rock-solid, um, well, not only person, but, you know, journalists were, like, like on the Craig Carton thing, who knows? It's Craig Carton. With Derek Gunn, I, I put tremendous validity in what he puts out there on social media. I, I think he's earned that. Here's what Derek Gunn tweeted yesterday afternoon. According to, and two different topics in here. According to sources, Jalen's big contract pulled in. Now, there's a little grammatical uh, stuff here. It makes it a little weird, but I'll just. According to sources, Jalen's big contract pulled in numerous directions on and off field, put him under a lot of pressure he didn't handle well. Big Dom suspended. Controls Sirianni's emotions on sideline in his absence Nick gets in numerous arguments with players, coaches, during games. Now, so that that was the the Derek Gunn one. Then, late last night, matter of fact, technically early this morning, 12.01 a.m. this morning, from A.J. Brown's account. Now, now Seltzer, can you give everyone the, the backstory as you understand it on the A.J. Brown account thing? Like, what, what – like, Yeah, as much his, as but, anyone understands it, okay. sure. So, I, I, like, you know – Last tweet from the account prior to the Super Bowl was a video of him. So it's his account. You know, it's a personal selfie video of him. Then during the Super Bowl, these tweets come out. You know, if that was me, I'd be out of the league and this and that. And then talking about the Travis Kelsey bump. And then Darius Slate tweeted out, that's not AJ. And then the account said, yeah, I took his account or whatever. And then nothing until this tweet last night. Right. I don't know. So it's, it's hard I, to I know what's I assume it on. is AJ Brown, I, but I don't know. And it's, it's got, got a couple hundred thousand, two hundred and sixty thousand followers. Like I doubt the account has been hacked for a month or three right. weeks or like I don't know. There was weirdness around it, but we assume it's AJ Brown. I, I agree with that assumption. Now you don't know for sure, for sure, but I feel confident enough to say this is likely AJ Brown's own words. So it was twelve oh one actually this morning, exactly six hours ago. AJ Brown tweeted out, "Philly media is so lame." It's literally something every day. Then the fans uh, be believe the BS. They really should start raising the prices of microphones and cameras because you people will say anything for views. I see why nobody likes us because we don't even like us. Hashtag reality TV. All right. So there's a lot going on here. Let's let's take it one at a time. And certainly your phone calls at 215-592-9494. John, let, let's start with the Sirianni and Hertz and Derek Gunn, like your your reaction to to that that tweet, which we know is from Derek Gunn on two different topics. What do you make? We're sure of that one. Yeah, we are sure of that one. What do you make of it? I definitely believe that Jalen was pulled in numerous directions, and he was under pressure, a different kind of pressure than he was accustomed to. I absolutely i i've seen it that a young player who gets that that big deal and i've never seen anyone with a deal that big uh it it meaning you up close yes me personally i have never personally seen what happens to your life when you sign a contract that's a quarter of a billion dollars or or whatever we're talking about more than anyone has it like 
I can conceptualize. Uh, it makes sense. It, I, I don't think that should be news to, to anyone. Jalen can do better in uh, handling all of the other stuff. Didn't fit the narrative, though, what was supposed to happen. Now, I'm not saying it's not understandable. I will say this. Part of paying Jalen Hurts specifically that much money was the belief that Jalen Hurts that, was rock solid. Yeah, that you know he what I'm was saying? like impervious Correct. to the pitfalls yeah. that normal quarterbacks could be. Yeah. That's right. I, right. Fair? Like, I mean, that's a fair, fair point, He's a human right? being. Yes. Yeah, he's a and, human and, being. And, and he's human. He is not a cyborg, not a robot, uh, apparently – yeah, he. Th- there were some things that you know he just didn't didn't handle quite as well. But here's as, the, as he could have. Here's the thing. It that's, makes, that uh, that makes sense. He's a young kid again, twenty five year old kid. Right. Look, I I wonder how much, and there is a lot to infer without really knowing. Okay, let's just be clear about that because we don't really know what are the specifics behind this. I will say this: what I have wondered is did because we've heard a lot of whispers about this. Did his teammates get turned off on certain levels of how he went yeah. about X, Y, and Z? Sure. I Whether mean, it's football preparation, which he was never supposed to not be a thousand percent on, which maybe he was, maybe wasn't, I don't know, or or who how he carries himself as a person, relationships with others. I mean, we've heard about f- some frayed relationships. So did that impact the demise of the team? I will say this. A report like this from Derek Gunn, not to mention what Santa Liquido put out there, not to mention what other people have referenced in recent weeks, makes me believe that it is likely that his personality and the way of being bothered people in that locker room and caused trouble for the football team. That That's my not, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not an expert on human dynamics. OK, but that's the way I sense it went down, because I don't think this Derek Gunn report comes out. If, like, all is well. If all is well with the personality stuff, then it would just be as simple as, hey, he just kind of, you know, didn't play as well this year. Go get him next year. That's not that's not what you're hearing. You're, you're hearing on-the-field issues, off-the-field issues. Think, of, think about what Derek Gunn's saying here. Like, it does, it does sort of paint a different picture than I think we have uh, allowed ourselves to dig into. You know, numerous distractions on and off-field. Think about that. Like, being pulled in lots of different directions – he is under a lot more pressure than he was accustomed to. He's got a lot that's going on. His mood is affected. The way he's interacting with teammates, it's different. Guys talk about that. Hey, Jalen's different all of a sudden. Oh, it's got to be the money. You know, clearly right. that's the easy next step to take. And then, you know, whispers happen. It, sure. it, it just, this is what happens. Now, on the other front, Big Dom Suspends, uh, Big Dom gets suspended. Sirianni emotions on the sideline in his absence. Nick gets in in more arguments. This was more interesting to me, John. This This, was interesting. Yeah, Uh, this is shocking to me. Uh, But it's it's also, uh, boy, we know that Dom is there under normal circumstances. I do wish that our coach could handle his own emotions on his own. And you Without know, out Big Dom, and you know it's bothered me the whole time, all three years. The whole, the whole, like, look, I think Sirianni is a good guy. I mean, I think it's pretty clear he's a good quality human being. So I have a lot of respect for Nick Sirianni and who he is. I want to be really clear, and I want to, I want to be very clear about that. I think he's a good person, and I think he maybe is a good coach. Although I thought he did a horrible job down the stretch last year. So frankly, I'm very confused about what level. I'm very, I'm very 
confused about what level coach he is. But Uh one thing I've been steadfast on the whole time, all three years, there's a lot about how he conducts himself I don't like. I, I just don't. I didn't like in Indianapolis when he makes a huge point of emphasis to try to, like, shove it up the nostril of the Colts owner after he'd fired Frank Reich, who, by the way, now, like, might not ever be an NFL head coach again. He's been fired a couple times. You know, you got the situation in Kansas City when he stomps off the field and he's yelling at Chiefs fans. You know, some of the stuff, you know, the visor with the, 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 the numbers on it, some people like it, some people don't. There's just a, there's a lot with the Sirianni thing that, to me, feels – High school It feels a little immature. Like, feels, he's a little feels immature, immature for a immature. head coach yes. in some situations. That's what it feels, immature. But, it, like, this idea that he has an inability to get along with people without Big Dom present, I don't believe that. Oh, I, I do. do. Think oh, I do. That this is, this is a byproduct of losing in a big way. Like, it's not mysterious that it just so happened that Big Dom getting suspended, you know, that was the 49ers game. That coincided with the entire downturn. People speculate, hey, the 49ers, they, that broke the Eagles. Like, they got beaten so thoroughly. That's what did it. Well, maybe the, it was just the, the unraveling. And, and what you're well, seeing clearly, makes yes. sense. The unraveling was happening. Yes, uh, Nick Sirianni was getting into more scuffles on the sideline because it's more emotional, because – while the unraveling is hap- happening, the coaches are digging in yeah. extra and they're not sleeping as much and they're more emotional now. And that's this is all normal stuff but, but, but that it, happens in the NFL. Yeah, but here's what to me is not normal. And again, we'll take your reaction on all this at 215-592-9494. I'm not saying Big Tom getting suspended caused the Eagles to lose games. I want to be very clear about that. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is I think it's abnormal that a security person or really anybody on a, on a team should um, his absence should cause the coach to not be able to control himself during games. Like that's a lack of composure. Like to me, you, know, you can't make that jump. You can't say he was unable to control himself. Well, I during think, games. well, first off, he's in, he's in, he's, he's admitted. We're being, he, well, hold on. Sirianni after the season admitted he's got to do a better job controlling his emotions. Yeah. So it's not like he's not on the record about that. He's clearly on the record. I would tell you, I'd put it at one freaking thousand percent when the season ended and the dust settled and they chose to keep him that either Lurie or Howie or both talked to Nick about his conduct emotionally on the sidelines. To me, it was so uh, – when he was yelling that one time at Reddick and then Devontae Smith's there and then the other guy's there, it's like something – Like I, I get it, guys. I get it. You, you do want a fiery coach, Bill Cowery. We all like that kind of guy. Like I get it. But then there are points where – it steps over a line yeah. and also becomes. We saw that. And, I, I be, saw that in, in A.J. Brown's eyes at one point. I I, I believe that A.J. Brown stare. I don't know if you remember the, the still I shot that I'm thinking of. Yeah. It was. It was a meme after that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he. Uh, there, there was. Yeah. Something amiss. And let me it just say this. Is not it, a good like. Yeah. Chemistry. Is it. Uh, is shot. it possible. That it led to the Eagles losing games. Yes, it's possible yes. because if if the guys were ticked at the coach where they felt disrespected. Look, guys, I'm all for a coach driving players hard, but there's a difference between driving players hard and doing so in a way that you lose them. It's two different things. There's two different things. Like Vince Lombardi drove the Packers hard. He didn't lose them. They worked their butts off for that guy. Maybe out of fear. I don't think maybe Nick out Sirianni's of desperation. At risk of driving the players too hard. 
That's not well, whatever, what we're talking about here. Well, Driving the players too hard. Like, well, this in is, that moment, he was trying to be this is tough guy Emotionally, guy. potentially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, so, look, we'll take your, your thoughts and your phone calls on all this. We'll get more into the A.J. Brown thing. I mean, it's, it's a doozy on a lot of fronts. What do you make of the whole thing at 215-592-9494? Where do you stand with Sirianni? You know, this is probably the first show we've done since the show after they decided to keep Sirianni. We're like, all right, well, they've kept Sirianni and we reacted. But now it's been a couple weeks. Where do you stand on Sirianni a couple weeks later when you see a tweet like this from Derek Gunn, when you know Sirianni has publicly talked about the fact that, you know, he does believe he needs to do a better job with his emotions on the sideline? Like, the whole Siri- the decision by Laurie to bring him back. The right decision, the wrong decision. Does this give you greater uh, credence to believe they should have gotten rid of him? Or, no, this is a guy that actually is a pretty good coach, and if he self-corrects, he can have a long and successful tenure here in Philadelphia. All of it on the table with you, 215-592-9494. Joe Cameron, John Rich. It's going to be a fun show today on 94 WIP. Let me tell you about the exciting things going on at Lexus of Cherry Hill. It is a new year, so it's time for a new ride from Lexus of Cherry Hill. The certified winner collection sales event is going on now at Lexus of Cherry Hill. Receive special finance rates on select L-certified Lexus now through February 29th. They've got over 300 new and pre-owned vehicles to choose from. Lexus of Cherry Hill has proudly served the Delaware Valley since 1989. They are family-owned and operated. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
you know, the A.J. Brown thing, here's another element to it that, you know, we got to put on the table. Being critical of the Philadelphia sports media is nothing new. And I'll say this, there are times where it's absolutely warranted. And then there are times where it's not warranted. I mean, everything's a case-by-case basis. You know, the irony here is this thing, in all likelihood with him, probably kicked up with the Craig Carton non-Philadelphia sports media person a couple days ago. Now, then Philly sports media starts reacting to it. Um, I think we handled it in a – I mean, I certainly think our show handled it in a responsible way. We played the audio. We speculated knowing that we don't know the answers. I don't think we were wild in our speculation. We weren't like those guys on that show. Like, it's this guy. It's that guy. It's someone had an affair. Like, we didn't say those things. We just said, huh, this is something. I wonder what it is. You know, let's let's discuss this. What do you make of sort of what feels like a lot of smoke around the Eagles? You know, 215-592-9494. I mean, that was kind of how we handled it. Um, now, I'm not saying everyone handles it that way. I get it. But I do know this. Um, Philly Sports Media, ourselves included, get some stuff right. Get some – I mean, guys, I, I, I've been wrong – Gosh, it's got to be once or twice in my whole career. <laughs> <laughs> I was certainly wrong about Chip Kelly. That's big of you. I was Joe. certainly wrong. I mean, to, seriously. To bring the... <laughs> I know that hurts. That that, yeah. It's a big, and, you know, an admission. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but I'll say this. Like, mm. you know. Big person. Part, part, of why we, part of why we speculate to a, a large extent, we don't know some things. And, but, but I know this. There's enough out there, like, on Hurts. That I think it's reasonable to speculate. Well, I wonder what was going on. I mean, I think that's a reasonable because we saw with our own eyes a team that had Super Bowl aspirations completely went in the toilet. I mean, it just it just did. You don't you know you don't need someone to report that to know it. We saw it with we all saw it. So then we talk. What do you think happened? What do you think happened? What do you think happened? All right, let's go to the phones. What do you make all this two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four? If you want to take a bite out of Philly sports media, feel free. If you want to compliment Philly Sports Media, feel free. If you want to take a bite out of A.J. Brown or compliment him, feel free. It's what, Whatever you feel, the floor is yours, 215-592-9494. Jack, calling from the Poconos, kicks us off. Good morning, Jack. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Doing all right, Jack. Thanks um, for, for having me on. Just wanted to, to talk about this uh, this Derek Gunn tweet here, as I'm sure you can, you know, you're getting a lot of calls about it. First mm-hmm. part is, Jalen Hurts thing with the contract, getting pulled in a couple of different directions, getting distracted. I can understand that. I mean, people sign big contracts, and sometimes their play suffers as a result. I mean, you know, he's doing outside endorsements, commercials, whatever the case that happens. But my, you know, gripe is with this this big Dom tweet and the insinuation that this guy really had something to do with the performance of the Eagles over the, you know, during December and kind of down that final stretch there. And, you know, it's just kind of, baffles me, blows my mind that people are really putting an emphasis on the fact that they think Big Dom really had an impact on the coaching and Sirianni's headspace. I mean, do they think that this guy's on the sideline, you know, talking to him in between plays, like, hey, you got to calm down or or trying to, to, to get him in the right, you know, mental state? I, just, I mean, Jack, he, Jack, might, he I, might do it five to seven times a game. You no, don't know. I mean, he I'd, better not be but, like that. No, uh, but I bet you he that, does. Come on. John. That better not be. But, but to say that's right? the reason that without Dom, it like it just it's it's silly. Well, it's but, silly. But, but, but first seems... of all, Derek Gunn didn't say that. He implied it. He implied that Dom was the one that that without Dom, Sirianni fell apart on the sideline well, is the implication of that tweet. 
And that, well, that does, sounds that, like nonsense to oh, me. Oh, that doesn't sound like nonsense to me. It sounds like absolute nonsense. That doesn't sound like nonsense to me. Oh, that. I disagree. I just think it's like, you know, they're, they're making it out to be like Big Dom is some, you know, NFL-wide revered 30-year. Yeah. Jack, you know, I agree uh, with you. Team, team, I, you know, I agree with you it's, 100%. It's the head of security. You know, I just don't think that there's any truth to well, it. Well, Jack, let me, let me give you a real-life example. I'll use our show as an example. I can't begin to tell you how many times during a show but mostly after a show seltzer and i talk and and he's sort of um like he he You're can crying he can calm yeah and, he and can calm me down one you. way or the i'm serious here like <laughs> like there's a lot of stuff that happens and james is a great outlet for me to talk to privately and i think he does this for john as well to help like smooth over some situations and I'm telling you, like, if we, if I didn't have James, and I feel confident to say if John didn't have James, the show, would, the show, the show would not be as good because we would have frayed relationships. J- yes. James has a, a unique, and we all try to do it for each other, but James is really good at it. So, like, I do believe that Big Dom not Hold being there now. maybe five to seven times a game pulling him back could have led to frayed relationships that could have led to the Eagles being less effective. I believe that. I really do. In his absence, according to this tweet, in his absence, Big Dom's absence, Nick gets in numerous arguments with players, coaches during the games. Mm -hmm. I just don't think – I I don't think it's that simple. I don't think it's like Big Dom is there and and Nick Sirianni gets along with everyone and everything's honky-dory. He's not not saying it's all honky-dory. It's all about degrees. You're right. You're right. It is all about degrees. I'm saying the most degrees that we're talking about here are the fact that they're losing. This, This set them down a terrible path. They got their butts handed to them. And they lacked confidence for the rest of the season. They were struggling big time. They didn't know the answers they were looking for. They're feeling you know, upset, struggling. They were lost. Nick was lost. He didn't know the answers. And that's what we're looking at. It's not Nick out of control and incapable no, of hoping but- on a sideline without Big Dom there. Well, he but okay. It's the team is in disarray. Sure. But- Nick is not good at losing. You know what? I don't expect him to be good at losing. I don't want our coach to be good at losing. I li- I'd like him to be a little better at losing than what he is. Well, I agree with you, but I'd also like him to be a little ready for this? Better at winning than he was. Yes. Don't stomp off a field in Kansas City and start screaming at fans. Like, I, I, I didn't like it, and I said it's it at the point. time. I mean, it's a fair point. Come on, man. Yes. And so, look, there's a lot to this whole thing. Again, I think there's some immaturity with Nick Sirianni, and I don't think Derek Gunn or Joe DeCamera or anybody that's going to call him today to connect dots is going to say, this is why, this is the reason why the Eagles lost. But I think what I believe is it's one of, a hundred different reasons why the Eagles started losing. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I do think there were a hundred reasons. Hurts didn't play as well. Bradbury was a disaster. Sirianni coached with his head up his butt. The defensive coordinator changes. Some guys got old. Some guys didn't develop. Avante Maddox got hurt. Howie had some bad draft picks. Jordan Davis gave him squata in the second half. Do I think Nick Sirianni not – like, I, I was a, I'm a Villanova fan. I used to think Steve Lapis would freak out on the sideline. Not necessarily at the players, but just freak out. And I would look at him and say, man, I just don't see composure. And as a Villanova fan, that bothers me. And look, you can be non-composed and still win. I mean, Raleigh would certainly lose his mind sometimes on the sideline. He won a championship that way. But I I do need a coach 
to to rein it in a bit, and there were times where it appeared to me Sirianni wasn't reining it in enough. And that might have irritated players, and that might have led to the whole thing. I mean, part of it. 215-592-9494. All right, all this and there are table. certain things that, as a head coach, I, I do think you are dignified to a degree that you can't – you should not go past certain – Well, I agree. You know, past points uh, along the way, fandom-wise or enthusiasm-wise or, like, fan – interaction look john i think when you you and i were growing up don shula was like the prototype for the nfl head coach it was classy classy dignified he had a jaw that was like the size of uh mount rushmore of just this guy's a man and he handled his business he handled his business and i think tomlin's the same way like i look at tomlin i don't see any freak out although you know that guy's stern but i don't see freak out Sirianni, I see freak out too often. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. 215-592-9494. Coming up, your chance to win a really cool prize today. We got a, a question for you on that front. Plus, something that John Middleton recently said, a quote we have not yet read on the air that I really liked. We'll get to that and more about the Phil's. Your phone calls on all of these topics on 94WIP. Here's what's happening at Borgata. Don't miss out on the action. At Borgata's Poker Room, where great cards, lucky seats, and high hands Bring excitement to every player. Open seven days a week. Excitement is waiting, and you are only miles away from your happy place. Experience award-winning restaurants, exciting bars, and live music, big-name entertainment, and a spacious casino filled with your favorite slots and table games. The action at Borgata Hotel, Casino, and Spa doesn't stop. So start planning your getaway today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And of course, NAS are the letters that spell. Uh, Jenna Cameron, John Rich, it is uh, 94 WIP. Sixers back at it tonight. Now, obviously, without Embiid, and it'll be without Embiid for a while. Hopefully, they get him back this year. Hopefully, they get him back in the regular season. They that, will get him back this year, Joe. Well, this, Stop it. this year could be November. You know, wow. when the new season starts <laughs> this year in 2024. But <laughs> well, right, let's get to the, sure. today's Twitter poll question of the day. It's brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. It's truck season in Armin. Available 2.9% financing for up to 72 months on all new light duty Armin Silverados. Together, let's drive to ArminChevy.com. Today's question Do you think Joel Embiid will play again during the regular season? A yes, 
Bino. You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. You know, Seltzer, who wouldn't like this poll? A.J. Brown. <laughs> he would say Philadelphia sports media is speculating. He's right. We're offering up people to, you know, present their opinions. I mean, we don't know if he's going to play again. But What does he but want you know us what? to do for our job? We, we do have... we just come in and, and yeah. read the scores, James. Read the scores. I like that. Okay, yeah. let me do this. Flyers last night, 3-1. All right, goals. I mean, come on. Come on. All right, 215-592-9494. Uh, all right, a cool prize, your chance to win that. We'll get to it shortly. Andy in Deptford right now. Hi, Andy. Yo. Morning, crew. What's good? How we doing? Good morning. What's up, Andy? I guess with uh, D. Gunn's report, the only issue I have with it is the timing of it. I mean, you got a New York guy leaking out this story, and now all of a sudden, next couple of days, our Philly beat reporters come out with all this trash. I mean, where was all this a couple months ago? Like, where's Elliot Short part? Eagles paid beat reporter. Like, why aren't they getting the dirt? Well, and, 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 Andy, Andy we, we did deal with this with you yesterday. They... Hold on. Blah, 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 blah. Andy, you, you and I went through this whole thing yesterday. I explained the whole thing. I'm not going to explain it all to you again. Give me a different point here. What do you mean? What, what? Right, enough, it, yeah, enough. enough. I told him I'm off done. the air, too. He's like, I want to talk. I'm like, no, we're not no. talking about that again, no, dude. Like, no. enough. And, and, and let there me might be, not even be dirt. And like, le- we still don't know. Right, and let me be clear. It, it, here's the re- I, I have no problem with criticism of media. I want to be very clear. But we literally did this dance with Andy yesterday. Everybody knows he's an agenda caller. I, I'm not in the mood. I, I don't need that nonsense. <laughs> 215-592-9494. I'm not in the mood. No, I don't, I don't need that. All right, here's the deal. We're giving away uh, a pair of tickets to see Creed today. At the PPL Center in Allentown, this is happening December 2nd. Tickets are on sale for this at Ticketmaster.com. So, look, there's, there's always new documentaries coming out. It's one of the really great things about TV these days. Documentaries have never been stronger, ever, 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 ever. I mean, when we were growing up, there was just no <laughs> emphasis within media to put together documentaries the way That's they were. A weird thing to say. But oh, he's, he's actually, documentaries he's right. have never been stronger. John, it's true. It's You're absolutely right, Joe. true. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely no, I mean, true. The, West, the last but it dance, is weird. I agree. You don't the last think that dance way. was, uh, yeah. was a, a manifesto of a documentary. How to do it. Oh, my God. Uh, most recently, the Patriots documentary. I haven't seen it yet, but that one's come out. I like to watch the true crime documentaries. Those Love things those. are fun. I mean, there's so many good ones. There's so many great ones. And there's some not as good. You got to pick and choose and find the right one. But here's the deal today at 215-592-9494. As we give away the Creed tickets, give us a great answer for what would be a documentary that would be really cool to watch if it ever gets made. Like, if you got the behind the scenes, because really the thing about the Jordan that made it so particularly good is you had never seen footage. That was really cool. You had footage never publicly seen, and then present-day interviews and former-day, you know, uh, uh, stuff on the court, but a lot of stuff off the court made it a very compelling documentary. Obviously, it was one of the great athletes of all time. What is a documentary that you would want to see made? Best answer. Put those thinking caps on, boys and girls. Best answer by the end of the show is going to win the Creed tickets. John, give me an answer. And by the way, obviously, behind the scenes, 2023 Eagles, what really happened? Yes, I get it. That would be unbelievable. It would be a little tough to watch because in the end, you know, it's going to end in a crash and burn. It's a bummer. But that is one that we would be fascinated to really have the inside footage about. John, when you think of a documentary you'd like to see made, what comes to mind for I you? I feel like total loser McLoserton, like the feeling strongly about this, but I discovered it. I, it might have been yesterday or the day before. 
I need to see a documentary about those Transformers that I was obsessed with once upon a time in 1984, 1985. I didn't have access to all those things. I loved those Well, things. they weren't real. Do you mean the well, making the of it? What's the documentary? The toys. I, I want to see the, the toys. The toy the factory. About the, the toys themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I bet those things are worth a lot That's of money now, answer. too. I have a much better answer. That's a horrible answer. You want to see a documentary about how toys are made? About yeah. the Transformers. Yeah, right, about right. the Transformers that made my life yeah, right, right, right. really worthwhile when I was 10. All right, so, so crank it up Very a little more. Very idiosyncratic choice a, a by John Ritchie there. there. I, I, so I'm actually going back to a side topic we did in the past that we all decided was something we all want to know about and we don't like right. i want the history of the stonemasons i want to know who was a stonemason oh. i want to know like the whole like is that mystery legal? the whole thing i want a stonemason's definitive document great wow. idea look at you all right Rhea, when i'm you think, lined up it's a good a, answer right a doc you want what hit you i want a documentary on if the lights really did go out in baltimore and uh, when Cal, you know, for Cal Ripken. Oh, well, Ripken, Ripken, yes, yeah. Yes, because there's always been a million rumors. Yep. He's actually addressed them, but I would love to see if it is, in fact, true. Uh, the Cal Ripken's uh, streak and everything related to that. All right, give us a great answer, 215-592-9494. I mean, there's a lot, most recently, Greatest Night in Pops, one of the great documentaries of all time. There's a lot of answers from, you know, pop culture. Like, I, I had referenced recently, I think an NBC TV must-see documentary would be really cool. All the stuff about the rise of NBC's great sitcoms and then ultimately the demise or the end of them. I mean, because they had a run from from Cheers to Seinfeld to Friends to, you know, Will and Grace and all that stuff. I mean, Cosby Show and Family Ties, they had about a 20-year run. It was unbelievable. And the whole... and Must-see lo- TV, brother. I would love a documentary on how they hired people, who got oh. fired, who left. How they chose the shows that went after yeah. it. Like, remember, like, uh, Desperately Seeking Susan totally. and all these things oh, that were just oh, a totally. part of that at a time. Uh, uh, new Adventures of Old Christine or whatever. There's w- all that stuff. When a show gets moved from one time to another and then the pl- person's all ticked off and he storms up into the, the you know the C-suite to complain, like, all that stuff. All right. Give us Desperately great answers. Desperately Seeking Susan. Yeah. Holy remember God. that one? Brooke Shields yeah. has Brooke. really been... Around for a long, long time. Well, it's because she was a kid actress. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what leads to that. She was a kid actress who looked like she was 40 when she was 13. Well, yeah. no comment on that. Wow. I let's, saw her on stage once. Let's go to the... Did you really? I saw her as Rizzo in Greece. Okay. Was right. she extremely tall? Uh, she wasn't, like, over-the-top tall. I always... I For some reason, I have this impression that she's, like, 6'6". Six, six. I don't. I, I walked past her one time. I don't know. I walked per, past her and Agassi in DC. No way. Streets of DC. Andre Did, Agassi. Was he doing Shields. anything crazy with the hair? I don't know. I don't remember. I was probably about twelve or fourteen. Well, you were only looking at Brooke. It's funny as you know. mentioned the hair. I had a really similar thing. I walked by uh, um, Rod Stewart and uh, uh, was it a Amon- not a Amon- Hunter. Rachel Hunter? Thank oh, you. God bless. Her. Yes, and it was like, but he was so tiny compared to her. Like it was like literally half her size, and his hair was the only thing that went way up. <laughs> wow. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, speaking that. of Rachel Hunter, one of the odd things. Uh, I mean, I don't know if "odd" is the right word, but a lot of people might not know it. That famous cover. Uh, where three models were on the swimsuit issue at the same time, Sports Illustrated. Two of them were pregnant. A lot of people don't know that. So it was Rachel Hunter, it was really? Elle McPherson, and Kathy Ireland. And I think it was Elle and Rachel Hunter. I think they were wow. the two. Hmm. And, and it's a very famous cover. Anyway, let's go to the phones. 215-592-9494. What is a documentary you'd love to see? see? And what is your reaction to all the social media stuff that came out yesterday? Patrick in Tabernacle. Hi, Patrick. Hey, morning, everybody. What's up, Patrick? So, 
Listen, I, I, I thought I could be, you know, we, we all could be talking about baseball and, and, and the Phillies, but this thing with the Eagles, like, I, I, it, this isn't just drama, and, and there, there's so much smoke going on here. I mean, there's so much smoke. Yeah. And I'm blown away. I, I can't believe that, I, you know, this is the whole Wentz thing going on over again. And, and for so me we don't know my, if it's that far, but, you know, it's got shades you know, of it. It's got shades. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at because, like, I, I, I sang his praises. I sang Hurt's praises. This is the guy I want to follow around all day and see what he does and blah, blah. He wasn't. Know. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't the superhuman version. But that he was so everyone expected. But he was so far from perfect. That was the problem. You know, he Pat, was farther than than anyone could have expected. Patrick, let but me that t- doesn't mean he can't get a lot back. No, but it doesn't mean he will. Patrick, let me tell you something. I will never forget this call as long as hopefully I do sports radio and beyond. I remember in the first year or two of Carson, we had a call from a guy from North Dakota. And the guy's exact words to us were, Carson Wentz will never let you down. I remember the guy saying it. Carson Wentz will never let you down. And I believed it. I mean, I didn't. I knew he wasn't going to win every game. But I, be, I believed as a player and as a person, he was going to always handle his business. And then, oh, my God, did he not? And that's the thing about Jalen. Like, we were so locked in to belief in 2022 that Jalen was impervious to if he gets a big deal, it doesn't go as well, or locker room stuff, because he just handles his business. He's a good guy. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. What I'm saying is he did let us down in 2023. It does seem like relationships have frayed, and it is in that way somewhat reminiscent of Carson. It, Joe, it's, it's to me, in my mind, it's the same thing. I mean, I'm waking up, it's like Groundhog Day, honestly, and oh. – and, I, oh, I just, come on. Um, we we John, don't know. I'm, I'm, we, John, we don't know. There's so I, much John, that listen, we don't I, know. I I'm I was worried whether or not Sirianni lost the locker room. Sounds like Hertz lost the locker room and his teammates. I, how do you how do you go back if you got all this going on around you? Yeah, you're the you're like how do you? you there you're, there you're were feelings the, you're, that you're were hurt. There, there was you're, trauma. You're not, there was trauma last season, and this is something that needs to be addressed. And and it's a it's a constant process hey just like any relationship teammate relationship they need to work on this but aj and jalen have a lot of like focus on on them uh that that needs to take place for this team's sake patrick give me a big answer man what is the documentary you'd love to see get made you know what i just kind of zoned out on my answer um i'm gonna say you know what i i there's a lot out there i'm i'm still fascinated like area 51 stuff yeah yeah, you know, I'm in. I'm in on the aliens. I want to know what what really happened here. You need someone to man. break in there with a camera and just go wild. So people are just going down. I already see what's happening here. People are just going down because you let you lent people to this theory. They're just going down the road of they want things they want to know. Well, isn't that what you want yeah. with the documentary? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I was. Well, I want stories and I stuff mean, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. So what? Someone's going to call in and say Kennedy, and then someone's going to call in and say. Well, there's already all kinds of yeah. docs on Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. That that's the point. You need to thread a needle. Like I don't think there's a stonemason's doc. Uh, there probably I just is don't not. think there's allowed to be. Well, there's, there's a lot. Not. For what it's worth, there are there's documentaries not. on Area 51. They might not have the Fair whatever, enough. but I think well, that's they, a... they, they got no footage. I mean, come on. Yeah, but there's definitely stuff I guess, oh, about footage, it. I guess Joe. here's what I'm saying. My, my point is I'm looking for answers that there, there really could be footage on. I guess it's, it's the point I'm making. Like, if you call in and say, I want to know what happened with, uh, I don't know, with... 
the French Revolution. There's no footage of the French. I don't know. I'm just trying to say, like, I, I'm looking for, you know, like this Patriots documentary, I'm looking forward to watching it because I know. Traitor. There's a lot of, well, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in there. You know what I want to see in that documentary? What? Why Malcolm Butler was benched. See, that's great. You're right. It'll be interesting to see if that comes yeah. out. I, I doubt it will because it never had. It never has. John, how does that never come out? I mean, you got 52 other players on the team that right. presumably are annoyed that they had to play a Super Bowl without their teammate. How does that not come out? I think the only way it doesn't come out is if the players themselves don't know either. You know, a player like, said like a year ago, I remember reading it somewhere, that he still didn't know why. That, that he, is why the he got benched. That is the damn Because I'm telling you guys, without that, the if, Eagles might have lost. If I'm the players, I, I, I can't settle for that. Like, I, that's what I can't understand. If I'm a Patriots player and it's the night before the Super Bowl and you're telling me our starting uh, any position, right. uh, he is a valuable member of this team. He's not playing, but I don't know why. And you're refusing to give me – like I don't even know what the situation is. Right. But it seems like – if it's still holding fast that no one knows, there's no way 53 guys in that room knew exactly what well, was going on. I, I, John, I hear you. And it's I, crazy. I, I've wondered if it's part of the reason Brady left. Now, I know it was about three years later. I'm sure it contributes to the, I mean, the feeling, the general feel of, like, what the heck am I doing? Right. Like, why am I locked into agreeing to th- this? Th- this is Way over the top. It was a lot. All right, give us a great documentary you'd love to see made, 215-592-9494. Also, so let me let me get to some Phil's quotes recently from John Middleton, a really good piece um, from Scott Lauber in the Philadelphia Inquirer, covering a lot of ground, including, the, and this goes back a couple days ago, but that the Phillies went so hard after the Japanese pitcher Yamamoto. And, you know, it, it goes as far as, you know, Middleton talking about the money they put on the. I mean, it, it is pretty amazing. It. You know, the Phillies, um, the Dodgers ultimately got him with with 12 years and $325 million. But it is reported by Lauber that the Phillies, and here's right from the article, quote, the Phillies offered more money than any team. They offered the most money. And let's remember, this was, I don't want to say late in free agency, but after the NOLA thing. So, you know, because in in the article it details how um, on December 14th, Phillies officials, obviously, including Middleton, they hopped on a plane and they flew west to go meet with him December 14th. And Yomamoto ultimately turned the Phillies down because, you know, it sounds like he just wanted to be on the West Coast. We all know the deal. A lot of Japanese players sign with the Dodgers or they sign with the Angels because, you know, it's closer to Japan. I I get it. There's nothing you can do about that. You can't change geography. But here's something really cool um, that that I like because – you know, ultimately, they haven't yet pivoted with big money to, to others. It's not like they said, all right, well, let's go sign the next Trey Turner, and here's $300 million. Um, but here's a quote that I really, really uh, liked hearing from, from John Middleton. And he's talking to John about Dave Dombrowski. So after Yamamoto turns down the money, and obviously there's a lot of money that they didn't spend that they otherwise could have spent. This was the quote from John Middleton the other day to Scott Lauber. Quote, what Dave decided we do and I agree with him, is save the powder. He said, meaning Dombrowski said, if you don't spend it now, you could always spend it in July and maybe make a better, more aggressive trade, and you've got the money to pay for it. So the idea of having such a good team that does seem like it could be a 90-95 win team, let's remember from a certain point on last year, the Phillies played to a 100-win clip. Now, it doesn't count. They didn't do it for six months. They did it for... 
what seltzer, about three months or three and a half months? Yeah, like whatever, a little more. Yeah. Whatever the heck it was. But, I mean, you have a team that should be a 90-plus win team, maybe 95, maybe 97, and then has the resources come trade deadline yeah. to add something theoretically massive. I mean, massive. I mean, who knows if Mike Trout – as of, and listen, I'm not saying I'm all in on Mike Trout because you'd have to do a hell of a physical to, to find out whether the guy even has the legs left to give you the next six, seven years. But I'm just saying he's the kind of example of a contract, tons of money. Let's say the Angels stink again because they probably will. They always do. And you, you wanted to add him at the trade deadline. Not inconceivable. And so, too, are any number of players who probably project to have a better next five to seven years than Mike Trout is one of the great players of all time, but obviously aging. So it's just good to know that, as he said, you know, save the powder. Save it's the powder. It's unbelievable that we offered the most powder. John, it shocked me. To the, the maybe that to Yamamoto. If the sun begins to shine, and a lot going on these days in Philadelphia sports. First, the Phils to us. James, when do they start the games? games. Saturday. Very nice. Yeah. Is that a game airing here on WIP? You're you're damn right, brother. Wow. Yeah. Saturday, I believe at one o'clock on WIP. I like that. I also like the Kyle Lowry will make his debut tonight as a 76er, and I kind of wish it was, you know, seven years ago. But uh, hey, listen, congrats to Kyle Lowry. It's a really cool story. Uh, Local guy, obviously coming back and being able to play for his hometown squad. That's that's that is really really cool stuff. Super great. Uh, It is the the Eagles Mm. stuff. Ruben Amar is going to join us in a moment. But go ahead, John. It's uh, it's incredible to me, Kyle Lowry coming back. Uh, his coach no longer at Villanova, yeah. but his coach who at Villanova somehow said he was the smartest player he had ever coached. The, the I, I forget exactly what the quote was. Don't you think that AJ that's Brown like would the rip biggest... you? You just put it out there, and you don't know. AJ Brown would rip you. Oh, I'm sorry, AJ. It's the it, it's about <laughs> the biggest compliment I can imagine. Um. A coach of that just coach a lot of great players who yeah. who who tells the world this is the smartest guy. I, I, I really, and Lowry was with. awesome at Nova. I mean, the I, basketball yeah. sense, the basketball intelligence, and now we've got that guy on our team, and I he's going to help us. He'll help, but he's also old. All he right. is old. Ruben tomorrow in just a moment. So if you're just waking up to it, a couple of uh, tweets from from yesterday that certainly have caused a stir. The first in the afternoon was Derek Gunn. And here's what he put up on social media. D. Gunn uh, wrote, uh, according to sources, Jalen's big contract pulled in numerous directions on and off the field, put him under a lot of pressure he didn't handle well. Second part of the tweet says the following. Big Dom suspended. Controls Sirianni's emotions on the sideline. In his absence, Nick gets in numerous arguments with players and coaches during games. So that was one thing with two different topics within the same tweet. Then late last night, matter of fact, technically early this morning, 12.01 a.m. this morning, A.J. Brown from his uh, Twitter uh, account uh, put the following out. Philly media is so lame. It's literally something every day. Then the fans, B, believe the BS. They really should start raising the prices of microphones and cameras because you people will say anything for views I see why nobody likes us because we don't even like us. Hashtag reality TV. All right, for for more perspective on this and everything going on, the Phils 
and the whole deal. We welcome our guy, Mr. Ruben Amar. Good morning, Rube. Good morning, guys. Great to be with See, you. You've again. stepped into it, Ruben. Right there's always, you know, there's always something going on, my man. Yeah. <laughs> it's Philadelphia <laughs> sports, baby. It Let's is. Go. So, you know, I'm fascinated on a lot of levels to talk to you today, including the Bryce Harper thing. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that and, and what the Phillies should do and what they will do and, and what kind of spot you feel like an executive like you were for many years would be in with Bryce and Scott Boris's interest in a new deal and going public with it. We'll get to that. But let, let's, start, let's start with the, the Eagle stuff here. What do you make, Ruben, of this much smoke that seemingly has become public? We don't really know where the truth lies and how far it goes. But as someone who has tried to avoid smoke getting out, right? <laughs> I mean, part of your job as GM is to try to keep things in-house. When this much stuff guts out, what does it normally mean? I, I think it, it means that the, this is somewhat of a redirect. I think there's a lot of things going on. I think that this, you know, the collapse last year was a combination of so many different things. And then all people want to, like, point the finger. It would, must have been this, and it, it must have been that. But the reality of it is that it sometimes is all those things. That's right. It's a combination of all those things. They, they I believe that they were out-talenting teams in the early part of the season. It was not the schemes. It wasn't the... Uh, it wasn't the brilliance of the coordinators. It was because they were out-talenting teams and they were had the ability to just beat teams just because they were better than them. I believe that the adjustments that needed to be made once other teams made adjustments and found out their flaws, I don't think that the coordinators had the ability to do that. And I, and, and I think from the beginning, when you have new ones, when you have new coordinators, it really puts a lot of pressure on um on the team and the organization because if they haven't done it and hadn't had success and the players don't buy into it, and you know this, uh, John, if the players don't buy into what they're selling, it makes it a very difficult combo platter for um, it's it's almost like a coach, you know, telling a guy and a guy going, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And I think that there's a combination of things that have happened. And I, I think you're seeing, there's a lot of stuff, though. There's, There's a lot of stuff, of stuff like you're talking about that that you would wonder: Are the players fully invested? Are the, can the players possibly still believe as strongly in what they're selling behind the, those closed doors? Well, the way the they Novacare? the way they play in the playoff game says absolutely not. Right. I mean, they were done. The game the game was over before it began. This it's is where so, it's totally this is where Sirianni becomes really super important for a football team. And and this next year for him is sort of make or break, I think, Big because time. it was very obvious that the team was no longer his team. It seemed to me, and I like Sirianni. I mean, I I do know, too. I, I, I like yeah. I I think he I think um, you know some of the antics. You know, it's a, it's a lot, but it's okay. He's an emotional guy. People like that in Philadelphia. People like the emotion. Um, sometimes maybe a little a little over the top, but 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 again, you know, you know he cares. You know he wants to be a winner. You know he's he, he's invested. But he what about also, he also has to he also has to run the team, and they have to yeah. believe in him as well. So I just there, there's a lot that gets in the way of believing in a guy. If there are reports out there now that that guy that you're supposed to be believing in needs. Big Dom to censor him, you know, needs Big Dom to keep him, I don't know, behaving properly on the sideline, you know, staying out of trouble. That, it, 
Putting that out there, it really does undermine, once again, the ability for these players to believe in the head coach. And we are bringing this coach back. It's not like that decision's made, guys. Uh, That's right. I think This decision's made, and we keep finding out things along the way. Like, maybe this is, wow, wonkier than we expected. Maybe it's the wrong decision. We have to remember that, you know, sometimes guys have to go through growth. Look, head coaches have... Look at Terry Francona. Terry Francona didn't really have great players here when he was first here. Didn't really develop as a coach and as a as a leader until like he went away and then and, and learned different things and became better and better. And you know now he's kind of like I, I would think he's almost a Hall of Fame type manager. So I think there's a development that has to happen. And Howie Roseman obviously believes that 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 Sirianni can be that guy and has the ability to grow. And hey. I mean, I, I know it's hard for, for fans to, you know, let this happen and develop and have the patience to make this happen because it was such a disastrous end of the season and there were such high expectations for them to go back to the Super Bowl and win it. But I think we also have to say, okay, let's step back for a second, see if this guy really grows through this, whether they can, he can get people back on track and, and kind of go from there. It may not happen. Hopefully it does. I do think that Roseman and... Lurie and all those people who are making the decision to keep him believe that he can grow. Yeah. And I hope I hope for, for the franchise. I hope for the team. I hope for the city that he can and they can move forward. Well, I agree with that for sure. Look, 215-592-9494 to weigh in on all this. Ruben, let's do one more and then we'll, we'll be heavy on the phones here. But I'm curious, you know, you, you, you used a phrase in the beginning. Um, oh, damn. What was the phrase you said about um, – I can't. I can't remember, but something re- regarding messaging, essentially. Uh, I forget the phrase you said. Re- redirecting. I redirecting. Think. Redirecting. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things we love having you on the show for is your perspective, having been there and in the foxhole as a player, as as an assistant GM, as a GM, and and I think you know we are. Um, uh, we always want to be respectful to you. I never expect you to peel back the onion fully because it, it wouldn't be proper if you did. If you told us everything you know. People would actually, in many ways, respect you less because it'd be like part of your job is to, is to not spill all the beans of everything you know. All right, so we don't always ask you the deepest level of every question because I don't expect to answer them. But walk us through this: How much do organizations sit down, top brass, and say, "All right, we got to get in a room, guys, and figure out how we're going to message this one"? Like this this crisis has come up, or this mini crisis, or this issue, or Player, player, it's become an issue publicly. People know, coach, player, it's become an issue publicly. People know, like, we got to figure out, and we're under a bullseye. We're the Philadelphia Phillies. How much do those kind of conversations happen? Top Brass says, let's get in a room and talk about it for an hour. We, we got an issue. It happens all the time. I mean, in baseball, because there's so many events, <laughs> and there's so many things that are happening, and, and there and at the time when I was a GM, all the social media stuff started to really pop. Yep. And so you had to sort of, you know, get your PR guy together and your manager together, and we had to have the sort of the same, you know, get together and, and have the same messaging. Um, there were some things that, that popped. We made mistakes. Um, we weren't perfect at, at, at all the messaging, but, you know, but you also had to sort of try to be in lockstep as far as an organization is concerned, something I think the Phillies do extremely well. Um, I think uh, Dombrowski and I think Thompson do that very well. I think it's just an important part. It makes it makes everything more cohesive. It makes everything, um, you know, you're you're you are sending the right 
you know, the proper message. And I think, you know, your ability to do that on a consistent basis is something that I think makes, you know, the fans settle down a little bit. I agree I think with that. It, I think that makes them settle down like, okay, they're giving us the information. This is what it is. We're getting it from all the sor- the sources that are supposed to be you know, giving this information. And that's why I, I, don't, I know in this day and age that the manager, unfortunately, for, in baseball, has so much more pressure on him to talk because he's doing it twice a day, every single day. I always believed that the GM's job was to take the heat off the manager because you ran the organization. He shouldn't be having to at, you know, answer questions about every little thing that's going on in the organization. That's my That was my job. Um, and I think you see that more and more these days where they just let the – manager out there they do hang. every day every every single day before the game and, and after the game and, every day and then they ask him about you know guys who were playing in a ball like yeah. really is, is he supposed to he's having a tough time already he's got a he's got a manage like 26 dudes and there's some kid who like uh you know stubbed his toe in, right. in, in a ball and now all of a sudden i just i know that they don't do that in philadelphia because dombrowski makes himself available he's great with the media i think he's fantastic but there's so many other GMs who do that. It's terrible. All right. It's awful. There's a lot going on here. And, again, your your opportunity to react to the two social media posts from last night, if you're just waking up to it, we'll, we'll tell you them again coming up. Also, Ruben, on the Bryce Harper thing, what will the Phillies do? What should they do? How complicated is that? Kyle Lowry, what he has said about uh, obviously now being a 76er, his first game tonight with the Sixers. Nick Nurse with a Joel and beat update. And Howard asking today at 8 o'clock, a lot going on. Your phone calls, Joe to Cameron, John Ritchie. It's 94 WIP. In honor of President's Day this year, carve a new declaration of style. Make the executive decision to upgrade your kitchen and enjoy monumental savings with President's Day deals from Colonial Marble and Granite. I've always been impressed by everything about Colonial Marble and Granite. They provide a great experience from selection to installation. On the phone the other day with Stella, got a small little project we're working on. She's terrific. She helped me design my gorgeous kitchen, and they will work with you to make whatever it is you want happen. Now until February 26th, you can take home a free stone bathroom countertop and free sink of your choice for every bathroom vanity you purchase at Colonial. Visit a Colonial showroom in Philadelphia, Harrisburg, King of Prussia, Newcastle, or Edison to explore our region's most extensive selection of natural and engineered stone. Don't miss your chance to make a historic change. Four score yourself a brand new kitchen at a price you'll be celebrating for years to come. Colonial Marble and Granite, the cornerstone of a beautiful home. For terms and details, please visit colonialmarble.com. Wake you up a little bit here on a Thursday morning. Good morning to you. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie, Robert Plant. All right, let's get a lot of calls in on all the topics from A.J. Brown to Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, Big Dom, uh, Bryce Harper's contract, everything going on here. In Philly. And by the way, congrats to the Flyers, who now, with the win yesterday, 
are seven points up on a playoff spot. That's, that's a awesome. ni- that's a Man. nice spot. I love it. Twenty five games it's to go. Business like so, like it, 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 they ain't across the finish line yet. Twenty five games to go. Joe, they're one win seven away points from up. their win total of last year. Wow, with twenty five games wow. to go. That's a that's a that's great really turnaround cool. season. Re- Major shocking. culture change. I yeah. mean. What what Briere and Jonesy and Torts are doing uh, as a group there, I think it's just fantastic, man. They're going old school, yeah. hard nosed Philadelphia hockey, and it's working. Yeah, it is. What if I had told you a year ago today, when we had just come off the oh. Super Bowl, that a year later the Flyers would be less dis- <laughs> less dysfunctional than the Eagles, man? What what happened? A year ago. What happened? All right, let's go to Mark calling us from Wilmington. What's going on, Mark? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Doing well, Mark. Lots of interesting stuff. First one, Sixers. I don't think Embiid's going to be rushing back because the players are real soft nowadays. And, you know, I don't know how serious the injury is. But even when they have a pinky sprain or something, they're not, like, rushing back in there, load management. They're trying to milk that contract, and everybody wants to play 15 years. So that's, that's what I think on that. No more – Kobe's or Allen Iverson. Remember uh, Willis Reed going out there, like whole sure. leg blown out. Yeah. You'll never see that again. No top. Well, there. look, two two different issues here. There's rushing back, and then there's just getting back. And yeah. you know, the key is that he gets back. I mean, look, the ultimate key is is that he uh, doesn't damage the future of his career, and he probably won't. But the key for this year is that he gets back, hopefully with a couple weeks to go, so we can ramp up for the postseason. That's the goal. And it's not a stretch, and it's not a push, and this is doable. And I expect it, and this team's going to be good when it's all said. We'll say they got a shot. I mean, without them, they obviously got no shot. Mark, what do you got on the birds? Um, okay, uh, going back to uh, when they hired Sirianni, that first, uh, you know, the, the press thing, when he had the press conference yep. and his answers. I was on talking to Angelo probably three years ago when, they, when it happened the day after, and I said, I don't know this guy, but he sounds like a, a drunk frat boy with a hoodie and a hat on backwards. Um, I mean, there's a, uh, a certain amount of emotion you have to have. I look at Dan Campbell and say, yeah, that guy. But with Sirianni, I said it three years ago. I felt like there was a, a lack of maturity. Um, and I think it's exposing. It's, it's starting to play out where you can really see that I don't, I don't think there's a complete buy-in. He has lost the locker room. Uh, when it comes to uh, Jalen Hurts. Well, why would they bring him back? Like, th- this front office knows the, the temperature of the, the team. I-, I can't imagine that they feel that way. Well, what would be fascinating, Mark, to know, and I don't know the answer, who lost the locker room more, Sirianni or Hurts? I think it starts with Sirianni, and then it, it was the trickle down to Hurts because um, I had said, now, last year he had a terrific year. They designed everything around him. The offensive line looked like Hall of Fame. I mean, they gave him t- – so that, that was great. The year before when he first started, he – I didn't see him processing things. He saw things too late. He'd be thrown to Rager a second too yeah. late when somebody else was open. And I'm like, that could be right. an issue. But if he puts the work in in the offseason, you know, players get better. And he certainly seemed like a mature guy that wanted to get better. So I'm like, okay, he could be like a Philly kind of guy, work hard, you know, get better and all that. But this year, what a giant yeah, step big, back. Yeah, big step. The- yeah, big step back. Yeah. Mark, give me a great answer. What's a documentary you'd love to see get made? Ah, this time of year, I always love, you know, a couple movies. One, I would love to see the making of the movie Hoosiers. That's interesting how Hoosiers got made. And that was based on, a, loosely based on a true story from what, the 50s in Indiana? James? I believe so, yeah. I just saw it. 
I just recently saw it again, and it just—it's—it's it's just a heartwarming. It's a good yeah, one, man. It warms the heart. Now, it's do, a good one. do you know this, Ruben? Here's the negative side of Hoosiers. Okay, I'm going to tell you something that might disappoint you, and I'm not right. wrong. Okay, Jimmy Chitwood. Yeah, he walks in the final oh, sequence of the movie. <laughs> About three seconds left before he rises up for that winning shot at the buzzer. Mm. He shuffles his feet. No, and nobody calls him. No one calls. Ref doesn't call it. Shuffles the feet before he dribbles. I'm Walks. glad they Euro- let him play. European, European layup. That's <laughs> what the whole documentary would be about was the, yeah. you know, the cynical moment. I'm serious. He really did. Let's go to Mike in New Jersey. Hi, Mike. Hey, how you doing, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Sorry yeah, for my Mike. voice. But um, listen, I want to touch on um, the tweets and a little bit about the show yesterday. Um, but I guess I'll preface it by saying, listen, I understand, you know, especially Joe, what you're trying to do, you gotta, you got to generate engagement, right? And, you know, James, I talked to you and Elliot on uh, Go Birds a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, I was kind of teasing Elliot about his, his tweets because I know he doesn't get his head ripped off because he's getting engagement. But, Joe, I just don't get it where, while you're perseverating about overrating rates, it like hurts. He did not have that bad of a year. He had, like, a decent year, right? And it's like, okay, fine, there was a lot of things going on. It's very frustrating. In terms of the oh, tweet, look look at his you know, year, Mike. Look look at Jalen's year and compare the numbers, and then eliminate the turnovers. Like it, well, do away at, with well, the, eliminate the turnovers. <laughs> do away with the fumbles and the interceptions, and he was productive for the most part. And that's with an offense that was, by the coach's definition, stale. That's with an offense that was broken for most of the season. The numbers that he put up were comparable with the great numbers that he put up the year before when we all thought that he was the cat's meow. It wasn't a disastrous season to the degree that a lot of people make it out to be. I I agree. He turned the ball over more. That's what led, in some cases, to us losing games. But that's the, the general gist. Like, if he gets that under control, and I am positive he will, going to look a lot better in a hurry well it could but mike here's the part i i think i think you're misassessing about my assessment i'm not saying it was a disastrous season by jalen hurts i'm saying it was a disastrous end to the season by jalen hurts and not just a game or two like a month and a half so i thought he was superlative for three months and really really bad in the final month and a half i think he look here here's where i why i feel i can confidently say he's over he he's overrated from where we rated him because he's not as good as we thought. I mean, that's Maybe that's being overrated. Your opinion. That's your opinion. You're entitled to it, but it's just yeah, a but, shame. Yeah, but Mike, most most, most people believe that. Is going down this path. Hold on, but Mike, Mike, it's, wouldn't you say most people? Hold on, Mike, wouldn't you say today most people do not rate Jalen Hurts as high as they did four months ago? Right. Well, if you look, I'll tell you what, Joe. If you're looking at the feedback to your show's tweets, I would say that most people don't agree with your assessment. Well, let me ask you your question. I mean, let me ask you a question. Do you rate Jalen Hurts as high in the quarterback ranking in the NFL as you did in November? Yeah, actually, I do because well, I, then you're because then you're wrong. Seen, <laughs> but that's no, fine. Well, no, that's, that's my opinion. <laughs> but that's a dumb opinion. Can, we've seen what he So, can what do you do. got him? What do you got? Two, two or three in football? You, you take him over Burrow? You know what? Maybe I would actually. Well, that's stupid. Know, I mean, listen, that's fine. But I'm just saying. Like yeah. someone can but think you that this stupid is come up. No, no, I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm saying it's a stupid opinion. It's like saying the six hole hitter is better than Babe Ruth and the Yankees. My opinion, stupid, is also very disrespectful. So you know that's good because pretty much everything you say is half time. So we're good. <laughs> All right, Mike, you got a shot to win the prize here today, my man. Give me an answer to a documentary. Okay, well, 
this will resonate with Seinfeld aficionados with the, uh, if anyone remembers the episode where Kramer and, uh, and uh, Newman put on the reverse peepholes, I would love to see a documentary of a camera crew following around a camera for a couple of days, doing everything, all the weird shit that he must oh, do. All, all right, 215-592-9494. All right, let's talk to Mike. He's calling from Horsham. Good morning, Mike. Mike, you Good Mike. morning, morning crew. How are you, Hello, buddy? Mike. What's up, my man? Um, well, first of all, everything you said about uh, James earlier is absolutely true. Because as a daily listener, last week, every once in a while, there would be a slowness or no energy. And, uh, and it, it hit me in the back of my mind, and then I realized Seltzer wasn't there. So it, it's not only his emotional support for you guys. Yeah. He is the straw that stirs the drink. There's no doubt, Mike. So uh, I think he's more the glue. Aware. But you want to go Reggie Jackson and the straw, the star, uh, stir the straw and the drink. That'll work. I call him the glue. I call him Elmer's. There you go. <laughs> yeah. um, this Nick Sirianni thing, uh, I think it's a bad story for us as a fan base. Because it is now talked out loud about a huge characteristic flaw in our head coach. Yeah. Now, now the babysitter needs a babysitter. It's just ridiculous, man. The, the, the team right. is already emotionally decimated all the way through, and we're learning more and more. And then we put this out there. I, 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 I really don't like it, and I don't buy it entirely. Like this yeah, idea yeah, I don't that buy big it. look, Big Dom. We know he got suspended. Uh, we know that it's not just Big Dom who controls Nick Sirianni's emotions on the sideline. Nick Sirianni also controls his emotions on the sideline. He just needed to do a better job, and and he will moving forward. Yeah. Uh, the the arguments players. with players and coaches, I've seen that happen on every team I've been on that, that starts losing. But every John, team he may... I've been on that has issues, that, that gets in trouble, that has a, you know, a trough, in the season, that's when you start getting on each other's nerves and you get it, get in each other's faces a little bit. Yeah, but that's I just normal. I hope he didn't lose guys in the process. I agree, and he he might have. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. But again, they has. know better than we you do the, the dynamic that exists. And again, I All think right. it's about him growing, I, I, whether or not he can grow from this. And and this is a, I mean, growth True moment. Movie. Well, clearly they think he can because they chose yeah. to bring him back. Of course. Yeah. Mike, give me a great answer. A documentary you'd like to see made. All right. Um, I even have uh, – I wish I could produce it because I have a great name. It's called The Last Prom Dance, The Forging <laughs> of the Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. Oh, I like that answer. <laughs> I so, Ru, that's a good answer, Ruben. Let me ask you this question: As someone who who ran an organization, I mean, you, you reported to you know a few people up top, the owners, but but you know you ran baseball operations for the Phillies for a while. So obviously, the main thing is who can hit, who can catch, who can throw, who can pitch. You know, the performance of the players as players. But then there's all this personality stuff that goes into the makeup of a team and an organization. So what is it like? when you have a person might be really talented, but you feel something about him characteristic of his personality is causing a problem. And you as a general manager need to sit down with that player and say, Hey, my man, love you. But we got to talk about this and this might be kind of uncomfortable, but we got to talk about it. What is that like for a GM? It's 
not the easiest thing in the world, but it's also something that, that's your job as a leader is to try to uh, try to handle those things. Now, typically, if it's a player involved, you let the manager. I always felt like the manager's job was to handle the guys on the field. My job was handle the people in the front office um, and the staff and that sort of thing um, in some ways. But, you know, these are things that had to be addressed. And people don't like confrontation. People don't like to have to address this kind of stuff. It's it's touchy. It's difficult. But it's also something that I think is necessary. And, you know, you also, one thing that David Montgomery used to say all the time and makes a lot of sense, if the guy doesn't know or the woman doesn't know that they are faltering in an area and then you let them go without giving them an opportunity to grow, then that's sort of on you. That's not really fair to that employee. And so... So I always felt like if I was going to make a move with somebody, I wanted to make sure that they understood, hey, we need a little bit of this out of you. Or um, there's different ways to go about it. We, we, we need a little bit type of, uh, you know, different type of production yeah. from you. And then give them the opportunity to then, then move on. Now, in some cases, not in every case can you do this. And sometimes you just have to make change. But, you know, I talk about this all the time. Some leaders match up better with certain player groups and vice versa. And so that's why you see even great managers get let go because they're just not, they're not, they don't match up well with the personality of the, of the club and then vice versa. Sometimes the player, whoever that guy is, maybe a great player doesn't match up with the philosophy of the organization. And so it's a, it's a dynamic that's real and it's something that, um, especially in this day and age where you're trying to work to get chemistry and it's yeah. the hardest thing to, to bring 26 guys or 55 guys or whatever the number is uh, to pull on the same side of the rope. It's it's a real thing, and you'll notice, and people say it all the time. Um, it's one of the reasons why Whit Merrifield decided to sign with the Phillies because he knows that every one of those guys are pulling on the same side of the mm-hmm, rope, and mm-hmm. and uh, and they're there to win, and that's what he wants to do. When you asked somebody to change, essentially, to amend something about them to fit the culture better, whether it's a player, and I hear you, you didn't do that as much as the manager, I totally get it, uh, or an employee, would you say more or less than 50% of the time they were able to make that change? Less than 50%. Because people are who they are, um, but also you you owe them the opportunity to do that yeah. before you make changes. And it, and it's a hard thing to do, man. It's a hard thing to do. And um, sometimes they're just not wired that way. Um, John, let me ask you this question. What do you, th- so the two different things going on here, personality wise, I mean, there's more than two, but the two big ones with the Eagles are Sirianni for, you know, maybe being too emotional at times and, and Jalen Hurst, ironically for being not emotional, yeah. emotional enough yeah. at times. Right. So John, what do you, what do you think, John, whether it was Sirianni to Hertz or Howie to Hertz or Lurie to Hertz, like what would they say? Because there's all this talk they want him to be different. And yeah. I would assume that means that they they literally approach him and say, yes. we want you to be different. Like how do you convey that message? Well, I, I think it's very matter of fact. I think most of your conversations with Jalen, just because of his nature as a matter of fact type of guy, the conversations themselves are probably very straightforward. Jalen, the plan is, hey, we need more production from a uh, a leadership 
perspective from you. Remember this. Boy, is that guy, would that would irritate the hell out of me. I don't want to hear about production if I'm hurt. So like that, remember, that doesn't work to me if I'm hurt. You haven't convinced football. me. He speaks yeah. like the the language that every coach speaks. Like you can talk to him in, in a very matter of fact way. Jalen, it wasn't good enough. You need to be a better leader, and we certainly believe in you and that you can be. Yeah. So let's let's dig a little deeper. It's going to be out of your comfort zone. We need you to be more vocal. We need you to be more demonstrative about the way you feel this team should be run, or the way yeah. the guys should be conducted. That's pretty good. That part's pretty good. Like, I would I, appeal they, to his, his want to be great. We've heard so much. I mean, we had the SI writer. I was like, him and Tom Brady, the only two people who identify themselves by football. Like, this guy just wants to be great. Like, I would appeal to that. I'd be like, Jalen, you want to be great. You want to be the best to ever do this. This is what you have to do to become great. That's I mean, I what think, I would appeal to. I think to. that's a great point. I, a, I think it's a terrific point, James. And the, the other thing is this. The expectation that now is created by him signing the contract and being the player and the athlete that he is and having this sort of success over, you know, a year and a half span, I think that changes, you know, that changes a lot of things. You There's an expectation now, even though Jalen Hurts, I believe, makeup-wise, as far as just makeup as a person, as a leader, I think he's great. I think he's going to be great. But he also has to go through some growth because now the expectation is way higher than it was, you know, two years ago or a year and a half ago. It's It's now you got to be the guy. Yeah. And now he's being pulled on all different directions. Now there's all types of stuff going on. You have to be the not just, you know, the the leader of the team, but you're also now the face of the franchise and you're this and you're that and and there's a growth period that has to go, you know, that he has to go through to to overcome that. I think and I have great confidence that this guy will do that because I just love the way he goes about things and I think James you you make a great point about his great I think he wants to be great and I'll think he'll figure out how to be that guy but I think it's also a process I'm getting pumped up here I like this I like this some positivity all right by the way what Kyle Lowry said upon joining the Sixers we'll get to that in a moment let's get to Tom and Abington as Lowry's about to play his first game in his hometown tonight as a Sixer good morning Tom yo gang how we doing this morning Doing well, Tom. Yeah, the, the Philadelphia second rounders are a little bit late on the on the Lowry train, <laughs> Joe. I mean, geez. Buddy healed fine, but that's uh, what a mess. Yeah. But what a bigger mess, the Eagles. How about it, huh? Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm just waiting to hear from Peter from Maple Shade. Do you remember this guy who called in? I don't. The cop. Remember the cop who called in? No, 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 no. Not the, cop. the cop. Is this the tennis from, guy? Oh, that's Peter in Lehigh Valley. My bad. That, yeah. Peter from Mapleshade called in and said that he was up in a tennis court or something in Jersey and Nick Sirianni was there and yeah. he had oh, a yeah. screening match with him. Look, oh. man, I, I think Sirianni is wow. He's an emotional a, dude. An emotional guy. Yeah. I was going to say volatile, but yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. But that emotional is, guy. The, I forgot about that, get, too. And that's yeah, a great point, and it's so incredibly inappropriate that our head coach would <laughs> allow himself to, to do that. Yeah. Depends, well, we all, depends what led up to it. Like, across the board, everybody poo-pooed this guy, myself included. Like, you know, what a, yeah. what a clown, what a joker. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And now we have this. Like, I'm waiting for this guy to call back in and be like, see, I told you. Right, right. I mean, I at the time, I don't think I fully believed him. and uh, Nobody did. And that's a shame. Now I 
believe him a lot more. Interesting. I mean, I, I might have a real yeah. problem. Well, for, for what it's Tom, for what it's worth, you know, Sirianni's comments near the end of the season indicate to me that he is now more aware that his volatility caused problems than he previously was. He was probably spoken to again. I'll use the word probably by the mm-hmm. owner and the GM or one of them, and you got to hope that next year he to use a driving term, can be a little bit more on cruise control and not go from 97 miles an hour to 20 miles an hour. Well, yeah, apparently it needs big Dom around. Well, so, you know, I'm not as bothered by that, Tom, as some people. Like, I don't love it. Let me be clear. I don't love it. But I also, like, the, the one caller earlier this hour had a great line. You know, now we need a babysitter for the babysitter. <laughs> All right, yep. it's a good line. But I will say, you know, everybody needs certain support in life. Everybody does. And I guess that's an element of his personality that right, needs but some the support. Problem, the problem here is they've neutered this guy and made well, him a cheerleader. Like he's like he's the CEO coach. So, you know, culture is supposed to be the number one thing that he's building there. And he can't do that. And what is he yeah. doing? All right. Give me an answer, Tom. What's something you'd like to see a documentary done on? I got to see a documentary on young Joe DeCamera so I could see where it all went wrong. <laughs> well, hmm. feels like we might need to make a Joe DeCamera doc. Good yeah. God. Yeah. Good God. Seems like the demand com- is I a, there. I got a quick comment about um, this growth thing. And I, I was a very emotional GM. I, I like the see the pants. I wanted to be aggressive. I was sort of, you know, the personality, the Philadelphia personality. Can I say one thing before you continue? Yeah. Because it's right in the wheelhouse where you are. I don't want to, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I got to tell a story I've never told you. So as you know, Dutch and I were pretty close. We did a show together for a couple of years. Yeah. He told me a story. I don't know the year, but it certainly was not 2011. It was either 12 or 13. He got sick in 13. That was the last year we did the show together when he got sick, probably around May of that year. So it was either 12 or 13 when things weren't going as well. He told me that he had the prior night we was at the stadium. He walked into the booth or suite, wherever you were, whatever spot was your spot. It was during the game. Just to say hi to you, he's in the Dutch, just bopping around the ballpark, good mood thing. And he said he saw you, and you were so angry about what was going on in the game. And he said his interaction with you lasted about five or ten seconds because he could tell you did not want to be – and you loved him, obviously, but it was not the time. And you were really, really, really wired. And he told me the next day, he was laughing about it, of course, you know, but his thing was like, man, Ruben is really, he's going through it. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I, no, I so, say that so, to yeah, give the and audience backstory for what yeah, you're describing. And I used to get emotion in the box. And I had to, just being around and having Pat Gillick around, who was a much, he was a calming, sort of a calming influence. And guys like Benny Looper, calming influence, they helped me. They really did. I mean, I still remained pretty emotional guy, and I had to, I had to, you had to check it at times. Um, but that's something. Again, it's an area of growth for Sirianni. He's the face of their organization, or you know, he's the leader of the of the organization as far as being on the field is concerned. And he's going through those growth moments, and maybe he needs somebody to help him through that and mentor him through that because I've I've lived it myself. And that doesn't bug you. Um. I, Listen, I'd rather have the guy be more emotional and and then back off than the other way around. Than yeah. like than be like than than be a flatliner and then have to pick it up a notch. Yeah. I just feel like there is an element of um you know the leadership being calm and steady 
and that was what Charlie Manuel did so, so, so well. Sure. I mean, the sky could be falling and, and uh, you know, on the field and Charlie just chewing his gum, you know, like it's nothing. <laughs> right. But isn't that and, what, and, that's like what, what all great, we, we attribute that to yeah. great leaders across the board. Right. I, I just feel like every great coach I've played for. I, well, I, Tortorella I doesn't seem about. that way and he's doing a great job right now. I mean, they got a team that's supposed to be a bum team hmm. and it looks like they're probably going to make the playoffs. But Tortorella and, has and worn it, himself out in other spots. Correct. By, being and that be, way. because because at some point the players it starts it's you know starts to be white noise right um but i but i do believe that Sirianni, uh, i i think that they that this that their group believes that Sirianni can grow through this and uh and and rebuild whatever relationships he may have uh you know m- compromised all right so l- let's get to the, the kyle lowry thing i think it's a really cool philadelphia story i mean look unfortunately he is old he's probably not going to contribute that much he he's an upgrade um, but you know, my expectations aren't enormous. He's, what is he? 38, uh, 37. I think he's somewhere in that okay. range. He's, he might be 38. He's but, old. But when you get a guy from Philly, you know, who, sad that I just said it 38 years old, <laughs> 38 years old. No, I feel really but old. When you get a dude from Philly who obviously played college ball here with Villanova and, 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 and it's funny, ironically, speaking of people that were volatile, he was pretty volatile back in the day, as far as like his temperament on the court, he could be. He could be very tempestuous. I mean, I, very. Um, but he has become a rock-solid pro. I mean, to the point where he's like a borderline Hall of Fame guy. Now, that's in part because the NBA has a, a low standard for the Hall of Fame. But, like, you, you got to consider him a borderline Hall of Fame guy. He's going to play tonight his first game ever for the Sixers. Hometown team. It's really cool. It really is. Let's listen to Kyle Lowry talking yesterday about this Philly thing and, and playing for the 76ers. Growing up as a kid in this town, how much was it a dream of yours to play for the Sixers? It wasn't a dream. Like, you know, you never want to really play at home because there's so much going on. You know, it's a, it's a hard place to play when you go back home. And, you know, you. but at the end of the day, it's a dream come true because I'm actually being able to play in front of my, my friends and family and, and the people that, you know, I cheered growing up with as a Sixers fan growing up. And it's kind of one of the things where now I'm prepared to do it. You know, when you're younger, you're not really prepared to do it. And uh, I think at this point in my time in my career, I'm prepared to do it. All right, so I love today when Lowry's about to play his first game. We got like one and a half people here who did this. Ruben definitely did it. I mean, Ruben from Philly, Penn Charter, the whole thing. He did it with the Phils. And John being a little west of Philadelphia, certainly. It's not Philly, but John identified with the Eagles growing up. So, John, let's start with you. Like, what is going through, Kyle? Like, you went through this. What was that like? You signed with your home state team. What's that like? It is the ultimate dream. It is exactly what you were pretending you could someday do when you were a little boy playing (laughs) in the backyard. You know, playing me throw the the ball up in the air uh i am a pro football player someday playing for the philadelphia eagles just like wilbert montgomery you know this was again the ultimate dream my family my friends for the first time in my life we're we're sorry for the first time since high school in your professional life in my professional life you know when i was in college if they wanted to see me play it's a flight yeah and now it's, holy cow, I get to see everyone I ever cared about, and we all get to commune and love this team together. It was the ultimate dream. Now, Ruben, for you, your, your experience is even more ingrained. I mean, obviously, with your father's presence with the organization, with you being a bat boy in 1980, when you got to play for your hometown Philadelphia Phillies for the first time, what was that like? 
You know, it was interesting because when I first got heard about the trade, I was in Venezuela. I was traded to the Phillies, and the first thing was like, oh, my God, I'm going back to the Phillies. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm going back to the Phillies. Because, <laughs> And that's how, sort of how I handled it. When I mean, spring training was great, but when the season started, I made the team. I put so much heat on myself. I had not been in the major leagues very long. I had only been in the big leagues for like a like a one-month period with the Angels prior to coming to Philadelphia. And I put so much pressure on myself. I, I almost wish that I had come back to the Phillies two or three years down the road. And when I did come back after you know playing for the Cleveland Indians and some other clubs, when I came back, I actually felt a lot more comfortable in my own skin because the pressure of having to perform was not nearly as great. And, and, and that was something that I sort of put on myself. But, um, but I mean, for me, to, I mean, I, there's no question. I mean, I, I've been – it's been golden for me. I mean, for me to be able to come back and work in the front office and, you know, be a part of the, you know, Philadelphia sports community after you know, growing up here and watch, you know, having my dad – go through it um on a bunch of different levels this is just fantastic and and uh and i'm really grateful and i every single day i thought thought about it when i was a gm or assistant gm like how grateful am i to be able to do this in my hometown yeah. uh with the passion and 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 the, the way the city rallies around uh sports and stuff it's, i'm psyched for kyle it's Lowry. Awesome. i think it's cool i think i this, think it's really cool i think it's fantastic and he made the point i said he, he it's emotional for him now i think maybe even more so now late in his career Oh, yeah. Because now he's got one. He's got a chance to win because it's a, it's a, it's can be with Embiid on the court. It's a really good team, and two, he gets to be home. You know, later on in life, where hey, this is sort of a full circle yeah. moment for him. Yeah, you know, I think of a story. Rip Hamilton got inducted in the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame last year. So obviously, most people in the Philly Sports Hall are people that played here. But then there's the people that grew up here category, which Rip Hamilton obviously was deserving to be in the Philly Sports Hall. And he told a story in his induction speech. This was in 2023. In his speech, he told a story about when he was a kid, there was a moment where he actually got to get out there on the court. He was, I believe, about 12 or 14 years old. And him and a couple of buddies, I think it was after a game, Spectre, ball in his hands. His friend had taken a shot. He is just about to take a shot. Like, they just have this unique opportunity for some reason to shoot a shot. He is just about to take the shot at the Spectrum. That's probably back in the what 80s or 90s, whatever it would be. And security guy's like, hey, yeah, you, you can't do that. And, like, ball out of his hand and, like, okay, you got to go back to being in the stands. Like, I don't – enough, right? And he said that when he finally got to take a shot – and, of course, he first took a shot, I guess, as a member of, the, what, the Wizards, I think, and then the Pistons. And then, you know, like, on a Philadelphia court, in this case, I assume that Wells Fargo, he said it was so meaningful to him. Because this was his hometown, and this was the spot where literally he had a chance to take a shot, and it was taken away from him a number of years ago. It was, it was really cool the way he conveyed it. Um, Howard Eskin, in about 10 minutes on all these topics, plus Ruben on the Bryce Harper thing. What's going to go down there with the Phils and Bryce? We'll get to that shortly. Ken and Cinnaminson right now. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, friends. How are you today? Doing well, Ken. Well, that guy, uh, that Royal Carl, got a little personal, Joe. I, uh... oh, that's okay. It, it, didn't make, it didn't make the air. He dislikes you so much he gets up in the morning to listen to you and call you. So Ken wants to see a documentary about you. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it's it's not the documentary the guy had called her or two ago. It was someone earlier this hour. It's not a big deal. Um, so I I think I related to you guys back in, in uh, November that uh, I had met a family, in the, a couple in the pool in, the, in Aruba, 
who lived in the same town as the Sirianni family and knew the Sirianni brothers basically their whole lives growing up. And the one thing that they said was that was an extremely loud family. Um, so they, they've always been like that. So I think some of this stuff gets a little blown out of proportion. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's hot-headed, you know, and, and I know what I was like when I was his age, and um, I probably would have made him blush with my hot-headedness. So I, I think, you know, there was a great article about Scott Lawton yesterday in the Inquirer, and the, the phrase that was used that you've heard before is uh, about a lot of athletes is he's, he's the glue guy, right? And I, I think what has occurred to me over this whole process with the Eagles and especially the tailspin at the end of the season was it, it doesn't seem like there was a glue guy in that locker room. It's, and when you think about the reason that we fell in love with the Phillies uh, kind of late in 2022 was it started to become obvious to us that those guys really liked each other. And, and we still feel like they really like each other. And it just didn't feel like that by the end of the season with the Eagles last year. And I don't know why. None of us know why. None of us are in that room. The, the, the person who's most able to relate to the dynamics of that room is, is John Ritchie. And one thing that I know he said, and I know I've heard Hugh say on the Midday Show, is 99% of the stuff that happens in a locker room never sees the light of day outside that room. So, But the one thing I will say is the head coach can't be the glue guy in the locker room. The, the, the glue guy has to be a player or, or a couple of players, and I don't know who that is. Um, but some well, of- A.J. was trying to be the glue guy for sure, taking the, the team out. I, I love the, the strides that he's making with, with that attempt. I, man, there, there are some guys like Devontae who's the quiet glue guy, lead-by-example guy. Your point earlier, who is that lead-the-group the guy for this team yeah, here's Ken. Here's the thing Without I'll say. Without Fletcher, no, I, I yeah, don't know. but but Ken, here's the thing I'll say on that because I've seen this enough to know you can have exceptional leaders, and still have a problem spiral way the hell out of control. Well, I sure. mean, you can like in 05, like, to me, Doc and Trot. I mean, you know, and and Trey and and like Run, like you had some, you know, and B West, like you had some strong characters, with with great character who were great locker room figures. And you know what? Donovan and T.O., it happened. Well, we, yeah. it just happened it now. Happened. We have Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, all these guys we right. know have won before, can be those type of leaders, right. and it happened under their watch, too, without you know, a doubt. And there's a phenomenon that occurs. Yes, right. Like, your performance pre- prevents you from being a leader if it's bad enough. Like, there are some guys, like, I don't know, James Bradbury, Last season, who probably found right. it harder to be a leader. That's true. On that team, he he had every right to be. He's been around this league for a long time. He knows the game. Uh, so he's, he's you professional. Know, very, very sharp. Yeah. yeah, pro's pro. But when you've lost a step as dramatically as he has, the, the other guys, they just don't respect you quite the same way. It's just the truth. It, it, they, they see right through it all to the, the pith of – what do you provide to yeah. this team? How the, good, how much do you help us win? If you're helping us lose, I've lost respect for you. You're, it's hard for you to lead me now. And then there's the, the other dynamic where there's some great, great players who don't want to be leaders. That's right. Yeah. They don't want that. They want to just about hey, that I, with I, Kevin Durant. I want to do my job.
All right, uh, here's what's also good stuff, um, that Joel could play again this year. Now, we'll see if he will. We don't know if he will. We don't know if he won't. But Nick Nurse provided an update yesterday uh, on John Clark's uh, podcast. Here's what the uh, 76ers head coach said, the latest about Embiid. Joel, he's, he's, I guess he's around here yep. for the first time. Is it good to actually see him in person yeah. again? And, and how's his spirits? Good. Um, Joel's been really positive with me and all the interactions he was, he was in for practice. And um, he's happy. You know, I think he's happy. He likes some of the new additions. He's looking around. He thinks the team's getting better. He really, told me, really looks out there. He said, I really want to be out there. You know, so let's see what happens. Do you hope, expect that maybe you'll get a couple weeks with him before playoffs and, and try to get back into a rhythm? Yeah, I hope. I hope. Yeah. I don't I don't know what to expect here. I think we're we're a couple weeks in, probably a couple more to go before we get an eval of where we're gonna be. But yeah, I hope we can get a couple weeks in and get him some games and and um get him healthy for round one all right so look that's solid answer i mean like they don't they clearly don't know he's it's saying it's pretty open-ended but i you know it's nothing's like no closed door and, and that's good by the way this leads us to our twitter poll question of the day it's brought to us by armin chevrolet the all-new 2024 chevy tracks it's arriving daily at armin chevrolet it starts at only twenty-one thousand four ninety-five. together let's drive visit arminchevy.com today's poll question do you think joel Embiid will play again during the regular season for the sixers this year a yes b no you can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. By Make the way, Nurse is making it sound like it's yeah, like this is well, everything's going great. Yeah. Like they're a couple weeks away from you're saying no. It's I didn't it's say not no. Uncertainty. I, well, it like, is. It is uncertain. He well, didn't say he's going to play again. He said we'll reevaluate in a couple weeks. Look, I think we should feel good. I, I I'm convinced I do feel Nick I do feel pretty good. Yeah, but I don't feel great. There's a difference between playing and playing at your best. The only well, way the Sixers can win a championship is if he plays at his best. They're not good enough the otherwise. And they're probably not good enough anyway. That, no, no. The my expectation is, I, I think, no. Dick Nurse and everyone else, they understand that when he comes back, he will give them that. No, I, I don't he think He gave so. them that this year. He's playing have all the medical... at an MVP level uh, again this year, and it's not. it hasn't been that It's about long. being in shape. Maybe it'll we take know a little it's about while. being in shape. Maybe it'll take is. a couple <laughs> weeks. He'll be back. He'll be Great. I don't think that there's any difference, really, medically, between what uh, Marsh had to do with his knee and Joel Embiid. Now, the the totally different sport, different sport, totally different Different size, all that. (laughs) The whole. But that said, I do believe that this guy is going to bounce back. I think he's going to be fine, and there's no question in my mind that the guy is going to have to take reps, live reps, to be ready and to be the player that we expect him to be in the playoffs. All right, so Howard Eskin will join us shortly on on all the things we're talking about here today. Let's also tell you, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, uh, we're going to have some some fun as it relates to the 76ers. we got not one but two great impersonators. They're going to be in studio with us. Conklin, who's, you know, Conklin, he's the legend. Uh, They can do, you know, pretty much everyone from the 76ers, from from Doc Rivers to to Charles Barkley to Allen Iverson to Joel Embiid and many others. But we also got this caller, Leighton. You may remember we did this once before. Leighton is an unbelievable impersonator of Josh Harris. And we're, we're going we're gonna to go into the lab and let these guys cook up some stuff. It's going to be live radio, free-flowing. Whatever happens, happens. We'll see where it, I expect it to be funny and great. It was we'll hilarious say, last it time. It was. Like, legitimately funny now, last listen, time maybe it'll be bad radio, and we'll be like, oh, let's not ever do that again. But the last time we did it, I thought it was great. Here's a little taste. This guy, Leighton, is going to be in here around 8.20, 8.30 as Josh Harris. This guy is High level, not just with the voice, but the things he says. Here's a little taste of last time we had this guy in studio. We have a billionaire in the studio. Yes. Thank you for joining us, sir. 
Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> Came in my helicopter, landed on the roof. Beautiful studio here. Wonderful <laughs> to meet all you guys. Rhea, hello. Hello. Um, I do have to say, James's energy is off the charts. Wonderful guy. That's what we look for as an organization. <laughs> we look for that from our players, from our coaches, to our chefs, to our sous chefs, <laughs> to our smoothie makers. That's what we look for. That's my little buddy. Isn't he cute? <laughs> That's going to be great. I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to it. It's around 8, 825, 830 today. Leighton, uh, Conklin, uh, Joel, uh, Josh Harris, uh, Daryl Morey. They're all going to be in studio with us coming up in about a half an hour on 94 WIP HD1 Philadelphia as we broadcast today from, yes, the Tasty Cake Studio. All right, there's a lot going on in Philly sports, and we always turn every Thursday at 8 o'clock from one king to the next, from Elvis to Howard. Howard Eskin brought to us by the great people at the Farmer's Dog. Fresh, human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. King, good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> Always on time, Joe. I know. Well, you know, I had a tease later in the hour. I, it was I got a lot to talk about because <laughs> I can address every one of you guys. Let's do it. And, uh, all I'll say to Ruben is it's not the same as Brad March surgery, Joel Embiid. Uh -oh. If he had the flap repaired on the meniscus, and Marsh said it was not, it was just loose bodies. It wasn't a meniscus. If he had the flap repaired, he's done for the year. He's done for the playoffs. But they don't tell you that. So my, the point about Embiid, are they saying there's a chance he can come back because season ticket renewals and playoff ticket sales are out there for the season ticket holders? I wonder. All I'm doing is wondering to give people hope. Like, why would I come to the playoffs if Embiid's not going to play? But, but so, Howard, when you say there is a chance he could play again? Yeah, there, there is a chance, yeah. but tell us what the surgery was. Did they repair the flap? I mean, I've talked to a doctor about this who does those surgeries, and if the flap was repaired and they said there was a problem with the f whatever it is in the meniscus with the flap, if it was repaired, he's done for the year. If wow. it was repaired, so we don't know okay. that. No, that's interesting, yeah, Howard. So. Let, let's get. It let's... wasn't repaired though. I mean, well, we, we don't know that. No, we don't know. Well, we that. were told he's not done for the year. We, no, we were told they hope he comes back. Right. That's right. right. That's right. So, I, uh, John, and I'm going to compliment you on something too. We right, coming up. I know it's rare, but I'm going <laughs> to do that. Too. All right, all right, Howard. Let's kind of go one at a time here. There's a lot to get that's to it. just in the last few yes. days. Let's start with the Craig Carton thing, and his report. <sighs> Vegan nature. You're closer to a lot of people than others are. What what did you make of what was said, what it means, or what it doesn't mean? Okay, here's what I heard what he was trying to imply. It's a total exaggeration. I, I mean, this is what happens in the world, and everybody starts reporting it like, oh, yeah, it's just the world's coming to an end here. It was a total exaggeration. What has occurred in that situation, I believe, what he's trying to imply is Jason uh, or Jalen Hurts? We know his personality's got to, it's got to take a step up. I don't know how you change that. I mean, it was the same personality when they got to the Super Bowl, but when they're not playing well, you you try to find reasons. So a few players have talked to Jalen Hurts about, hey, listen, you got to connect more. You got to be more emotional on the sidelines. You got to be part of more part of us. And a few players have done that. The one player that's probably more. I, I think the word demonstrative is probably too over the too much of 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 implying what's going on was Fletcher Cox. Fletcher's a stern guy. 
and he was not happy with his emotion, but so other players were the same way. And he talked to him a little bit. Hold stern. on, Howard. I'll you said st- Fletcher was not happy with whose Jalen emotion? Hurts' emotion on the sidelines and okay. his and his it, or his lack of emotion. and his personality and his connection with with his teammates. Okay. Okay. So Fletcher is the guy, and this is why <clears throat> this makes sense from what I w- <clears throat> what I've been told. Craig Carton said he's going to play be a, 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 a I'll use the word prominent player that may not be with the team next year because of this. Well, Fletcher Cox has basically already said he's done, all right? And he said that he cleaned out his locker. He said that at the end of the year. So Craig's going to say, well, I told you a player wasn't coming back. It was not a fight. It was not uh, a, a screaming match. It was not any of those things. And he's just one of the players that has talked to him, but he does it in a, I'll use the word, sterner fashion. Come on, Jalen, you got to be more emotional, uh, connect more with the, with the guys. And other people from the team have talked to Jalen Hurts about that. Hmm. Now, let's be clear. The team was not good enough. Uh, you know, and they got to the Super Bowl with the same personality of Jalen Hurts the year before. But their defense wasn't good enough. Yeah. Their offense wasn't good enough. Jalen Hurts wasn't good enough. But it, it, the Craig Carton story is such a ridiculous, overblown exaggeration of nothing uh, that okay, but, Howard. I got. It. Let me ask you this question because I think it's the natural follow-up. Okay, what do you know about the AJ Brown Jalen Hurts relationship? Is it as good as it was two years ago when they acquired him, or has it frayed? I think when you lose, things start to become a little more tense. Was AJ Brown happy? But he, again, when they were winning, JJ Brown wasn't happy when he was open and didn't get the ball. A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, That's do they see eye to eye? Are they on the same page all the time? No. Okay. But is that the issue? No. That's not the issue. Is it the same as it used? When you're not winning, there's a lot of things that change. And I think it comes winning changes. Boy, that cures a lot of things. And I, I don't think that's an issue. Are, are they as good, Joe, the way you asked the question, are they as close as they were? Maybe not. But it's not a problem. I'll, I'll say this. From what I'm told, and I, believe me, I've been making calls yeah. and trying to check these things all week when this started. Uh, and it's and I had heard about the, the big Dom thing, that there are people on the team that felt him not being there maybe hurt the team a little bit. But that's another story that's out of control. It's just, it's, I'm, I'm standing So how much of that is legitimate? Howard, like what's been reported on that is that uh, Big Dom, when he was suspended, Sirianni on the sideline in his absence was getting into arguments with players and coaches. Here's what I'll tell you, John, and you were kind of on board a little while ago when you said, I think it's over. I I don't know if you used the word overstated. It's not quite what, what it sounds like it is. I'm staring on the sidelines. You know, I don't see everything, but I see a lot. And I, I didn't. Nick Sirianni's an emotional guy, and I'll say this about Big Don: he really keeps things together. He is really good for that team in so many—not just on the bench, and not just in, in the just in the building. He's really, really good. I didn't see a lot of that. Does Nick get over the top? Did every once in a while I say, "Hey, Nick, just slow down"? Yeah, but it's not like. Did he get on player? Sure he does. But on the coaches, he can do it on the headphone and not face-to-face. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't see really a lot of that, 
But again, does Dom help that before it gets to that point? The reality is that's an overstated story, too. It makes it, and I, like I said, I had heard about, people felt that Dom was missed, uh, and I had heard about that earlier in the week. But I didn't think it was big enough to really talk about because, again, I didn't see a lot of that stuff. But Dom is really important, no question about it. But that is out of control, too. All right, that Howard, story let's, is so over the top. Let's get That's to ridiculous. the A.J. Brown account tweet. Now, this gets into strange territory because we, we don't know if it's his, his tweet or it's not his tweet or it is. I mean, it's a, James, how many Twitter followers on this account? 260,000. And we know before this was It has account. been his account for sure, 100%. He said around the Super Bowl that it, that it was hacked or whatever. We don't know. All right. But it so, was 100%. That was his account for sure. So yeah, well, I remember the tweet. What was it? What was the tweet? Well, the Super Bowl one related to Travis Kelsey and the Andy Reid interaction. I would have um, been thrown out of the league if that yeah. was me. But, Howard, here, here's the That's latest. Okay. He would have. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, Howard, here's the latest. This point. is from eight hours ago, 12.01 a.m. this morning. This is what... The A.J. Brown account wrote, maybe he wrote it, maybe he didn't. I mean, I assume he wrote it, but I don't know for sure. This is what he wrote. Philly media is so lame. It's literally something every day. Then the fans be believe the BS. They really should start raising the prices of microphones and cameras because you people will say anything for views. I see why nobody likes us because we don't even like us. Hashtag reality TV. First off, Howard, let me ask you this. Do you know if that's A.J. Brown's account? Uh, he was off for a while, but I, I don't know or not know. I know why he went off at times. He didn't want to deal with people. And the reason he cleaned his Instagram, he just wanted to have spiritual messages. So, And, and I was told that clearly. That's why he did it at that time. Now, what's going on now? But he actually makes a good point. Because when somebody reports something, you know, the media is different now than it was. I'm going to speak at Villanova about media. Yep. And it's just... There's you know, a newspaper story, a writer used to have to have two sources, mm-hmm. you know, for a story. Now they have no sources, and there's quotes that are just made up. Uh, it, it's just, and there's stories that are embellished, and it is for clicks. You know, Craig Carton, do you think he didn't do it to try to get Philadelphia people to watch him? Yeah. Uh, uh, Colin Coward, Skip Bayless, whenever they say something about Philadelphia, it's to draw those Philadelphia people in. And it really is part of what's going on in media nowadays so he makes a good point uh is it him is it not him i don't know but i don't totally disagree if it is him with what's said there that we go over the top well some do yeah some do some don't lost because they're a bad team and that that, they were a bad team now they were 10 and 1 and we all kind of said well this is not the 10 and 1 that we remember them from the year before so those kind of things I do happen, uh, but it, it's just, and I understand, like the Craig Carton and uh, Derek Gunn, it's like they're, they're out of control. It's out of control. It's so over-exaggerated and, and not even close to the, to the real story. So I, I do want to say one thing about Harper, and Ruben, I know you're going to address this. When I was down there last week, it, here's this contract situation is ridiculous because here's what I was told by Philly's people. All right. Okay, he might be outperforming his contract now. But what's going to happen the last four or five years? Do we really think he's going to outperform his contract? No. Scott Boris made a mistake by having a 13-year contract. If he had seven, he could have had a a legitimate chance of, okay, now you're going to be paid market value. And the, the, the organization believes 
that, and I don't know what they're going to do, but I can tell you what th- they feel. They feel that, okay, but the last four or five years, yeah. we're going to be paying them too much. And here's the only thing, it, it, I, it might be a hocus pocus thing, if they, if, they do, if they do anything, put options on both sides, extend it, let's say, three years, and options on both sides. So either team can get out, so it's really not a contract. It's not an extension. Mm. It's just a lot of nonsense. But they believe, uh, hey, listen, he may not be worth, and he's likely not going to be playing to his his, his Current value, yeah, for sure. At the end of that. All right, Howard, love having you on the show. Thanks, pal. All right, you guys, and John, I complimented you a little bit. You kind of took it under control there for a little bit. I, you know, I just thought I'd be happy with Richie Rich. Yeah. Strange as that must have sounded, huh? Strange but true. Yeah. All right, see you, Ken. Thanks. See you. All right, so, Ruben, let, let, let's let's get dive into this Bryce Harper thing. And, of course, everyone can join us uh, today on all these different topics at 215-592-9494. Um, so, Ruben, what Howard's saying there is the Phillies don't feel they should have to give Bryce Harper more money in more years. And I agree with them. They They shouldn't feel that they have to doesn't mean they won't. All right, let's step into this, Ruben. Unprecedented. Eight years and $196 million left on the deal. Guy wants more. What do you think the Phillies should do? I think they did, they're doing exactly what they should be doing, and I think them, Dave Dombrowski handled it perfectly. I, I could not have been – he could not have been more perfect with how he handled it and what – you know, they have other fish to fry. This guy is a signed player. They did not put a gun to his head to sign the contract. Boris wanted to – Boris does a, a lot of different things with contracts. He wanted to figure out a way to maximize the dollars. They spread it out. They spread it out. They made it a 13-year deal, which at the time I think was probably unprecedented. And he wants to make unprecedented deals. Now, the AAV on that becomes sort of obsolete the average annual value because other guys are, you know, signing different contracts. It's a different marketplace. It happens year to year. The market changes. The man is a is a is a signed player. He signed for a ton of money. He got what he wanted at the time, and that's it. What Done. if what if he's not happy? That's not, you know, that's not the front office's issue. That's where well, Scott it's Boris, kind of an that's issue, where right? Scott, that's where Scott Boris has to step in and say, "Hey, we made this deal. We have to live with this deal." That's part of where where the agent has to step in and say and do the right thing, and say, "Hey, we made this deal. This is a ironclad deal. It's it's guaranteed. If he falls off the face of the earth, which I do not expect him to do, then the Phillies still pay the guy, right? And so you cannot expect." the Phillies to have to you know to ha- just because now he wants something no uh, so, uh, there's Don't no, you think no he, should, he shouldn't expect room. it but isn't he going to come back year after year after year after year after year when the Phillies don't do this if when they treat it this way and I agree with you I love the way Dombrowski handled it but it feels like they're just going to keep knocking and he's going to have to keep handling it and you know, I'm glad that's him and not me. Right. Yeah. Oh, I don't think that's the right thing for Bryce to do. Well, I, I think he'll realize that this is that that that's not great for his. You know, he he's done everything exactly what you want out of a superstar player in this city. 
I don't think that he's going to want to attach himself to something like that because there's a negative vibe that can be created. Oh, let me give you one follow-up because I agree with you there's a negative vibe there, but here's here's the natural follow-up to that. I hear what you're saying. You don't expect the Phillies to sign him this month. What John and I are basically saying, though, to you is, do you think they will sign him in the next 12 months to a new deal? I do not. Okay. We'll I say. do not. I think that they need to sign Wheeler first. Well, clearly. And deal with that and then deal with other issues Coming up, you know, I mean, this is a signed player. He's he, he got what he felt he deserved, and he he himself said, "I don't want a trade clause, no trade clause. I don't want option. I don't yeah. want no. I I don't want any opt outs. I want to be here. This is his place, and now he's going to have to live with it as the current contract reads." All right, let's get a lot of calls in on on all these topics later in the hour. We're going to have some fun with Joe Conklin and our caller Layton, who's an incredible Josh Harris impersonator. We'll get to that shortly as well. Let's get to Dr. Gina right now. Good morning, Gina. Good morning, morning team. I I missed you guys and talking to you guys. I've been listening, but and you know what? James proved his invaluability, if that's a word, invaluableness. <laughs> next last week, no no shade on Joe Wechter. He's a great producer, but. Man, did we miss James last week. Mm-mm. I did at least. Well, anyway. I, I agree with you. He, listen, he's the glue, but he's also got a sound and a savvy to this show that in his absence, it's hard to, yeah. it's hard to yeah, have without yeah, him. Yeah. Let's put it that well, way. I think from him knowing you for so many years is part of it, Joe. You know what I mean? It's well, just he, here's, the, here's the key with that. Gina, he knows to just do whatever I tell him to do. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's really simple. It's like that, that, that's like Ruben is a GM. Just do what I tell you to do. If you do, you keep your job. If you don't, I fire you. Now, you did say something the other day, Joe, which, what? you know, I don't always 100% agree with you, but, um, you know, the whole – I wasn't even going to get into the Bryce Harper thing, but, you know, Scott Boris, can I use the word whore? I'm sorry, he's, he's a whore. He he, he – with the whole J.D. Drew thing, like, that soured me on him forever. Yeah. I'll never forever. like him because of J.D. Drew. Me course. too. Yeah. Me too. I'm totally with you. And to have him be, like, the mouthpiece, so to speak, that's that's a bad look. It's yeah, but I'll a- say this, Gina. Ruben just touched on something with Bryce that's more fundamental here. Bryce has to own that this yeah. is Bryce's decision to advocate publicly for more money. I mean, I guarantee you this. Scott Boris would not have said what he said two months ago if he and Bryce Harper hadn't privately talked about it mm. and made the decision that Scott Boris would go public with. The, the question to me is, though, uh, you know, Bryce talks about wanting to retire as a Philly. So he's talking about years. You know Boris is the one talking about money. So that, well, I'll but just it, but, it's, it but money and years are the same thing. I mean, <sighs> it's all the same. It's all, well, of course, if, if it's more years, it's for more money. He's not mm-hmm. – you know, you know what Bryce Harper and Scott Boris did not do? They didn't say to the Phillies, you know what? Tack on two years right. and let's make it a veteran minimum. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because yeah. Philly- I want to retire here. Yeah, so let's re- just make sure it's locked yeah, in. Right. I'll take 400 grand a year. Right. Let's do it. And he wants more money. Yeah. yeah he That's wants very he, simple. He wants money. <laughs> yes. It, it just is such a bad look. It's such a. Let, let's, let's talk about Sirianni for just a second. Sure. Um, you know, this guy, we love him, we hate him, the flowers, the this, the that. He is, he's a live wire. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's a live wire. Is his inability to control his emotions part of the problem? Yes, a small part. Is Jalen's inability? to show his emotions part of it a huge part of it i mean jalen if you looked up the word stoic in the dictionary if anybody looks in a dictionary anymore you'd see jalen's face so 
can you teach somebody to be less stoic? Can you teach somebody to be more fiery? Can you teach somebody to do, I don't know that that that's something that just has to be acquired or part of your personality to start with. Gene, it's probably the oddest pairing in Philadelphia sports since AI and Larry Brown. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think like AI and Larry Brown were about as different as could be, they found a way to make it work. Boy, oh boy, was it bumpy getting there. And and these guys are very different. Now I will say this: they're both competitive and they both want to win, think and that helps. Yeah. Oh, they're but definitely per, an odd pairing. Yeah. yeah. But personality-wise, they're very, very exactly. Different. Very, Jaylen, very, very, very. Jalen being raised by a coach, Jalen having those those just yeah, that's themes similar. Yeah. and ideas yeah. inculcated into his mm-hmm. young mind. Like he really yeah. is like another coach. So yes, their personalities they 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 veer from one another. But man. They they do see uh, along the same lines in every other way. All right, Gina, give me a great answer, a documentary you'd like to see made. Well, I, I even have a name for it. Probing the process from faith wow. to failure. Wow. <laughs> from faith <laughs> to failure. Cow. What a name. Oh, Gina, that's fantastic. That's pretty good. The Probing the process. Included. She had a name <laughs> for it. She came prepared. I like that. The doctor. So, all right, I need a ruling here. Mm-hmm. Seltzer, who sent those tweets? Brian Colangelo or Babs Boutini? <laughs> How about this? Both. <laughs> there you go. Both at home having a glass All of right. wine. We'll, we'll have some. Uh, we'll have some fun with the Sixers thing up ahead. Conklin and the uh, another tremendous impersonator, our caller who does an incredible Josh Harris. We'll have those guys in the studios. We'll hopefully give you some laughs on that front. Rock all your calls. Plus life advice coming up in the nine o'clock hour. What do you need some help with? Let us know. I'll steer you some advice. Facebook, Twitter, and the text line. Three ways you can. Tell us what you need some help with. That and more up ahead. Plus, Ruben in studio with us. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie. It's 94 WIP. You can't control the weather, but Horizon Services ensures your home is warm all season long. Their expert technicians recommend getting your heater checked now. They'll inspect your system. They'll listen to your concerns, and they'll guide you to the right solution that optimizes your system's performance. Horizon is always available with the same day, 24-7 capability. And then to get you through the rest of the season, they are currently offering all new light duty Armin Silverados. Together, let's drive to ArminChevy.com. Today's poll question Do you think Joel Embiid will play again during the regular season? A yes, B no. You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. You know, we have a unique opportunity here today because we can actually ask that question to Joel Embiid while also getting the perspective of the 76ers owner, Josh Harris, general manager, Daryl Morey, and the whole Sixers brass. Joining us in studio right now, well, all of them. Courtesy of two of our favorites, Mr. Conklin, Mr. Layton, dare I say, Mr. Doc Rivers, Mr. Daryl Morey, Mr. Josh Harris, Mr. Joel Embiid, maybe Alan Iverson, maybe Charles Barkley. Hello to Joel Embiid. How are you, Joel? Oh, uh, I feel good. I guess I'll sit over here. Uh uh, I'm doing good. I want to. Uh, so, Joe, let's get to it here, my man. You, you just heard the you just heard the Twitter poll question. I mean, we don't need people to vote on it. We can just get you to answer it. How how's the rehab going from the knee, and can we expect you to play again? Well, uh, I find I've been rehabbing, so I finally got past the second round of rehab. I felt good. Um, uh, I'll be back for the playoffs, though. So uh, uh, I mean, that's what Richie's been saying. Richie's saying you're going to play. I'm positive. John Wright, I'm working hard. I'll be here for the play. It won't be long, but uh, it'll be back to. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be back for a couple of games and then back to the so, back to the summer. Uh, rehab on Monday, 
Tuesday and Wednesday, and then I take off Thursday, Friday, Saturday for load management. Okay, Joel, it it's about pain tolerance. <laughs> it, it, like, you are tough, correct? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's welcome someone who's certainly not tough, but he's very rich, and that is the 76ers principal owner, uh, Joshua Harris, who's carving out time from his otherwise busy portfolio of all the teams and all the companies. Uh, Josh, how are you? Thank you. Uh, pleasure to be here. I, I'm so excited this morning. Well, I'm happy to be here, but I am so excited. I just solved my wordle on the second <laughs> I, love, I love this guy. Josh, you know, I don't like you. You know that, right? Like, you, you irritate the hell out of me. Well, the problem with that, though, Joe, is I'm a big fan. I mean, you are a leader of this team. James, for example, I, I bet he wordles. Do you wordle, James? <laughs> Not in a while. Not in a while. See, James is a smart guy. He's, he's one of those original rotisserie baseball fellas. Aren't you, James? Yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. That's the type of guy we look for at Apollo Global. We could do a little reverse <laughs> money ball. You remember Jonah Hill's character? Yeah, we could bring James in. He's a smart guy. You know, he's got about six podcasts, gets two hours of sleep, raising a child, and he comes here with a big smile on his face. Now, Josh, you trust the big guy here to, to know his own body to come back? Are you got to push him or do you got to hold him back as you're looking forward to the future? They were gonna, like, do you think Joel's going to play this year? With my athletic background at the University of Pennsylvania and the wrestling team, <laughs> I've been over to his house a few times a week. The trick with a meniscus tear is you need to keep it malleable, palatable. So I'm over there working on his knee. I'm working with him. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a pest. I'm All right, now, feed him too. Now, also, also joining us. Now, this is a unique one because um, you know Doc Rivers uh, flew back in from Milwaukee here, and you know now the head coach of the Bucks, and first time Doc and Josh Harris, I think, have sat down since the firing. So, <clears> so Doc, another guy. I'll just tell you right to your face. You're another guy I'm not a fan of, but I am kind enough to say good morning, Doc. Get over yourself. I mean, I, don't, I, I just don't get it here with you guys, the media, the Philly, the fans. I mean, you just you hung up on things. I, I don't know why this guy fired me in the first place, to be honest with you. You know, Doc, listen. Yeah. I'm a Hall of Famer. Look it up. I'm like 10th on the list. Josh, he is going to make the Hall of Famer. John, that makes me sick. I mean, John, can you believe that Doc Rivers is going to be a Hall of Famer? And he is. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer, yet he's completely unaccountable, apparently. Is this true, Doc? JJ, look, J.J. Reddick seems yeah, to hate yeah, you. I, you know, we heard it the whole thing. I mean, just look at the games. You know, the players, two guys come back on defense. The rest of them are in Cabo. You know, I mean, they're uh -huh. not, their heads aren't in it. I don't know if they're in Avalon with, with the camera down here. They're just on vacation. <laughs> Shouldn't you coach their heads Doc. into it? Doc? I, it's on me, right? Well, Everything's on I mean, you guys. All you guys want to do is blame me. I mean, We're talking about being accountable. Everyone needs Joel's to be Joel's hurt again. I guess that's my fault, too. He's <laughs> on the floor. Accountability, Shocker. He's I, on the I floor. I asked you if you're accountable. It, it feels like you're blaming me. I'm accountable for waking up and going to work and being one of the best coaches ever. Conklin's <laughs> going to lose his voice by the end of today. I, I, that's my prediction. All right, so, Josh, uh, listen, I think there was a justified fire on Doc Rivers, but our first chance to talk to you, why, from your perspective, did you can Doc? We gave him his opportunity. <laughs> he performed okay. I saw some strategic deficiencies where he sat looking at the players saying, come on, come on. We'd like to have a little bit more strategic. That's what we've got with Nick. 
nowadays. But listen, Doc, we're and the happy. slop you guys gave me. I mean, come on, Tobias Harris. He ought to be. He's so soft. He ought to be doing commercials for my pillow. We gave you your opportunity, Doc. But now listen, could you please stop with the LinkedIn requests? Yeah. You've, <laughs> you've got a new job. Must be automatic. I, I got a job already, so it must be something. Doc, o- you got 40 more million, man. That, that, John, that's the thing that makes – I mean, Ruben, when you got canned, yeah. you didn't get 40 million to go elsewhere, right? And, no, and, and take over the, And take over the best team in the whole, in the whole conference. I did not. It's nothing like a parting gift. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let, let's mix in some phone calls here. Obviously, all the topics on the table here today. So, too, are the impersonators, and we love having these guys in the studio uh, with, with Leighton and, and Joe Conklin, obviously. Uh, many, 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 many voices here. To the phones we go, let's talk to, uh, to Mike calling from Douglasville. Good morning, Mike. What's going on, guys? How are you doing? Doing great, Mike. Yeah, so I, I, I want to pose this question here, and it's literally going to put the entire Eagles organization into shambles, but how many first-round picks can we get the, for uh, Big Dom? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Probably no uh, first-rounder, but they might be able to get a sixth-rounder. I'll tell you uh, what, he might be valuable enough that a team would trade a sixth-rounder for the top guy in security in the NFL. I mean, I don't know what Nick Sirianni is going to do without his uh, ESH, which I call uh, emotional support human. But um, you know, we gotta we gotta explore these options here. Um, listen, I've been a supporter of Nick Sirianni. I've been a supporter of you know keeping him. Um, you know, definitely saw the 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 reasons why it would be perfectly fine to move on. Um, but it's getting really hard to defend this guy. I mean, you have to have a, a, a guy literally have to tell you to calm down on the sidelines like come on man it, it, it's getting to the point where it's a little bit ridiculous well i think uh, it's ridiculous that that we're attributing this as, as as seriously as we are like i don't think dom is the only thing that's keeping nick sirianni in check on the sideline i think this is overblown i think that the losing is what matters most well here's and, the thing i'll tell you John, yeah that- he was getting in fights with people he was rash he was being over the top he was being surly that's not good he needs to fix that but it, it's not incumbent upon dom being there for him to fix it so mike it's not incumbent on dom being there to fix it but i do think last year before they are going to attack it differently with sirianni and i think they will with him trying to amend his actions i think it's entirely reasonable to think he was the primary person on the sideline tasked with trying to calm down sirianni when those moments would occur like you see it in basketball all the time. Head coach might be freak out guy, and when he is, it's the assistant coach's job, and it is part of the job to go try to rein him in. Well, some teams no, have a guy, the get back guy. guy. Like, there's guy. actually there's a guy whose job it is. Yeah. No, I get it, but the get back guy guys might not be the same guy to talk of truth course. to power to the head freaking coach of the Philadelphia oh. Eagles. Hold on, hold you know on. what I'm saying? Get, and by the, the way, don't think because be. and and the two and three guy on the sidelines. Let's call them co twos, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. They are pretty damn busy. Like you know, they are they are scheme. This isn't like pro basketball or college basketball. Like they are scheming up the next play. They are talking to their their 20 different guys that play offense and defense on both sides of the ball. They're kind of busy, so they can't just stand there. Dom's the one guy, the one guy that has no football responsibility but also has a presence it doesn't shock me to find out that he would be the main guy to reign in Syriana. well hold on 
Why no, does, why? Th- there doesn't all, need to be a guy to rein in but there, Sirianni. But there did need to be a guy, John. That's what you're missing. We saw it with our own eyes. We saw Sirianni freak out multiple times. Yes. There's, there's that doesn't mean if Dom were if Dom were there, he wouldn't be freaking out. Like, like I think that we are ma- oversimplifying. Do this you not believe it? Do you not Dom, believe the D Gun report? Because uh, I believe it. Okay. Uh, I think there's some truth. I think it's overblown. I think losing is the biggest problem. Well, yeah, I mean, D-Gun's not saying there weren't other issues. Mike, give me an answer here. What do you want to see a documentary made about? So there's a lot of them out there, but I'm going to have to go with one that would benefit you. And I want a documentary on the history of the bathtub. (laughs) The history of the bathtub, you got it. Well, I'll tell you who would be in there would be uh, the president that got stuck in there, Taft. Now, uh, speaking of Real quick before you jump into that, uh, so it was announced coming up on Tuesday at 1.30 and 1.35 is when Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni will be speaking at the NFL Combine. So circle that time on your calendar. Okay, let me say two things. Number one, I'm glad to hear that. Number two, 1.30 and 1.35. 1.30 and 1.45. 1.45. Yeah, it's usually 15-minute increments that they do it in, right. at the I, uh, I thought the first one was five minutes. Can't no, wait. No. That'll be riveting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so let me, let me ask this question. Um, Brett Brown's also here, and, and it was referenced earlier that a great documentary would be amazing. a documentary on the history of the Sixers tanking and the whole process, the whole shebang. They've got great spirit. When my guy, when I was coaching. Yeah. Good morning, Brett. Morning. I just love their spirit. I mean. But they the couldn't players. play, though. They stunk. Well, Ben, I mean, come on. Well, yeah. Then you got better players. the family. I mean. Oh, crazy. So, so, Brett, Brett, I mean, you've been you've been through a lot. What do you make of what's going on with the Sixers now? I mean, they, they change basically every player every year other than, like, two guys or three. Like, uh, Tobias, is a, he just stays every year because it's the contract. Joel's Joel. And they cycle in other other than like Harden became Maxi, and then otherwise they just give you nine new players seemingly every year. Like, what do you make of this? Because they they fired you with the intent of rising above what you could get them to. They haven't. It's like three years later now. What do you make of the Sixers, Matt? Well, compared to what I was dealing with, it's normal. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Hinky, his mom's basement, the manifesto, Babs Botini. I mean, Jimmy Butler. Oh, Butler was an assassin. Uh, but be you know, uh, I wish we would have kept them. The few, few people I would have assassinated. And Brett, next uh, can I clarify something on on Jimmy Rollins? I'm sorry, on on Jimmy. Is that Butler. the tanker? The tanker, <laughs> losing on purpose, Mister. You're gonna do that in Washington too? Yeah. Yeah, this guy's great for that. <laughs> he been gone. Oh, he's in from Washington. I think I smell commando. Oh. <laughs> Is is it my fault that I'm a sports nut? That I just love <laughs> hamming it up with the guys? Yeah, You're a sports got, nut. He hangs around the players all the time. It's embarrassing. Listen, <laughs> stick to pickleball, okay? <laughs> Ruben, what do you Spot. make of what's going on in the studio right now? It, it's very interesting. And I got the person I was, I don't know how they go back. It's is hard, it organized it's chaos? Or what, what, up, boy. what is going on in here right now? What is going on? Seltzer, what is going on here right now? Chaos is definitely right. It, it yes. is chaos. All right, Josh, look, I just need – here's the deal, man. you got to get better players. Because, he, listen, even if Joel comes back, and he probably will. I'll feel cool. You, you're not, you don't have good enough players. You blew it. What, 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 what Brett Brown just talked about there, I mean, there, there were 15 freaking mistakes from Fultz to Tatum to freaking Ben. Oh. I mean, you know, like you had Mikel Bridges and then you didn't. Like, why does your organization always screw it up? Well – Luckily, we've just pulled That's off. That's the question I've wanted to ask Josh Harris for we've, seven years now. Why do you guys always screw it up? 
Well, we've just pulled off a pretty decent deal recently. Now, there were some obstacles along the way with Kyle Lowry. We had a major college rivalry between us, UPenn Wrestling and Villanova Wrestling. (laughs) Major rivalry. Kyle knows all about that rivalry, let me tell you. But we put bygones be bygones. We we I put out the olive branch and and he joined the team. He's he's innovative. He wants Is this to join really our happening right now. We're, well, he's yeah. innovative. And we're gonna <laughs> and we're gonna see Kyle Lowry tonight. Matter of fact, let's hear from Kyle Lowry talking about how he'll fit in because of course you know he's a point guard. Tyrese Maxey, who had been the shooting guard this year, moved to point guard. So how does that fit? Uh, Kyle Lowry asked yesterday about playing with Maxi and playing with the 76ers. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, you know, I understand my role and my job. My job is to make sure that Tyrese gets better. Um, this team gets to the, the, a point where they haven't been um, in, in a while, and that's my job. My job is to do everything I need to do to make this team and this organization better. Um, no matter what the role is, what the, the, the minutes are, what the situation is, my job is to be a professional and help you know Tyrese get better, help this team get better, help, help uh, coach get better, help you know everybody get better. That's Great my job. Message. Great man. And look, that helping was... everyone get better, including the owner. Uh, Going to keep him t- uh, ship shape, wrestling up. Well, get right? him to get uh, him to sell the other organizations, because dude, it's brutal. I mean, you own the freaking Washington football team. They compete against the Eagles. Sell them. Well, we've we've got the uh, the team with the ice on the court, uh, <laughs> the Devils. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> wonderful, wonderful organization. Now Washington, that's my childhood team. So. There, there's some ties there. But like I said, I love getting in the locker room. I, I love playing horse with guys like Ben Simmons or having push-up <laughs> contests with the kicker from Washington. Whatever it takes. I'm How part do you do horse team. with Ben Simmons if he won't? Uh, I mean, shoot. Could well, you that's, imagine that's horse why with I chose Simmons. him, Joe. <laughs> why did you? All right, let's go back to the phone. Let's talk to our guy, Mary in Mayfair. Good morning, Mary. How you doing, guys? Red, shout out the Ray as usual. Hello, Mary. Hi. Thank you. How you doing? And James is by far the straw that stirs the drink. But to get to my sports point, uh, did Middleton say that we will get a better pitcher than Yamamoto? No, he did not. Well, I thought you one of you said it. I heard it earlier in the... No, we did not say that. Well, that's what I heard. We we didn't we didn't. Well, I think he's just holding. Say that he said he's yeah. holding powder just as far as you know talent and money to right. in, improve the team right. when they figure out what it is that needs improving. Mary, they were ready to pay big. Right. They might pay big again, and that big I was huge with so. Yamamoto. You're not going to get you're not going to get a pitcher for money anyway. Yamamoto did not cost the Dodgers any assets. It cost them money. Correct. Of course. Yeah. Exactly. Now, for the Phillies to get a comparable pitcher or a better pitcher, they'd have to give up assets, and you know how pitching what you got to give the uh, Ruben should know that. Well, during the during pitching. the regular season, that's right. But during the off season, they could just you know a, a draft. What is it? A compensation a draft pick? Hey, Ruben, if you sign the best free agent pitcher, what does that cost you in a draft pick? Yeah, I mean it. It the, the rules have changed sort of dramatically. Um, it's not nearly as. Um, it used to be a first, yeah. Now I think it's a second. It's changed pretty dramatically. Yeah, but a draft pick is pie in the sky as opposed to an established player. And we're, I think they're talking about what they can do during the season at, at perhaps, you know, the trade deadline sure. or prior to that. And, and, Mary, that will cost them something. But I think the point you're either missing or not missing but not acknowledging John and I were referencing earlier, we're amazed that, in, that a team – 
that is already paying Bryce Harper $300 million, Aaron Nola $170 million, Trey Turner $300 million, Schwerber and Castellanos both near $100 million, and others, um, has, to use the term that, uh, that John Middleton used, the powder, to still have another whopper of a deal at some point likely to occur. Whether it happens with someone they acquire in July or the, or the next offseason, like, this is this is not your dad's Phillies is is the point. I mean they are spending buku bucks and that's and that's pretty cool. I mean I mean John, you remember when we started the show in the middays, 2016. Do you remember how dead it felt like the Phillies were? I mean dead. Absolutely. Uh we were yes. Ruben we Amaro were. loves this topic, by the way. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> apologies to Ruben. No, how, we about, were... how about Ruben apologized to us? Uh, <laughs> no, but Ruben, you know, there was a, you know what it was like seven Pri- or eight years ago, man. I mean, we, no, no. we we weren't even getting many calls at all about no, the Phillies, we, and and there was no question. We knew once we got out of that um, that era from seven to eleven that at some point we were going to have that clip. Yeah. Um, we were hopeful that we would be able to ease our way out of it with draft picks and development and that sort of thing. Um, but that's sort of the nature of the beast of the game, and there's only very few organizations that can kind of continue to burn it at both ends, Dodgers being one of them. Braves. Um, and the Braves being the other, yeah. where they've um, developed and, and uh, drafted extremely well, and, and, and it's paid off for them. But, um, and that was sort of the plan, and then, you know, things changed, and they ended up going with the, with the new uh, regime there, and... It just really didn't get a whole lot better until they they got Dombrowski on board, and then he's yeah. done a really really good job, and they've turned things around pretty considerably. You know, the main thing is they spent a lot of money for guys external. I mean, there, obviously there have been some internal development. Aaron Nola, Boehm, Stott, I guess would be the main three. But really, if you really think about it, the Phillies have been built through acquisition either as free agents or trades, almost all free agents. But the trade was JT, who, Seltzer, we saw Sixto, like, I know. maybe he's going to pitch for the first time. He, he didn't pitch he in 2022. He threw live batting practice for the first yeah. time, yeah, in, like, like two years. Pounds he he looked oh, huge, oh my God. He looks like Bartolo yeah, I couldn't yeah. believe it. John, Sixto, who they traded Real Muto for five years ago, ha- literally has not thrown a pitch in baseball for two straight years. And hasn't missed a meal. Yeah, well, that too. So, yeah. no they're, or they're saying now he's, he's slimmed down from, from where he was at the height of it. But so, Real Muto that way, Wheeler signed, Bryce signed, Castellanos signed, Schwerber signed. And, Ruben, you know, this is not historically considered the best way to build a team. No, it's not. But you can get things rolling. And if you have the guys that to support that with the younger players like Stott and Bohm, yeah. and you're hoping that a guy like Rojas can, right. can be that guy, and you have the pitching staff, you can overcome a lot of things. It's really about pitching at the end of the day. But uh, there's no question that they some of the signings they did were, were excellent. I mean, and they targeted the right guys. And Ranger they got years ago yeah, Ranger through was, you, yeah, right? Yeah, you, yeah we yeah, we were uh, we was part of our, our regime, but um, you know, and that and you that, take a Sal, take a bow. That was Sal uh, Augustinelli. I mean, hey, I was proud of the Aranola and the Hoskins and and those types of players, and, and they were part of it. Um, Zach Eflin was like one of my first trades when we started to do the um, the transition. But um, but again, it takes a village, man. It takes a lot of it takes a lot of different pieces to put it together, and I think they've done a ni- really nice job, and they're starting to develop. You know, from from the ground up again, which is really important. The status of the farm system. You know, Joe, when we started doing the show yeah. back in 2016, the farm system was struggling. Yeah, and, and, yeah it and sure was. 
the, 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 where we stand now, how much improved are we uh, at this point? I think it's much better. There's no question about it. I think that uh, Mattingly, who's now running the farm system and the emphasis on how important it is to develop players, um, because you got to have players that are not, you know, that are under control, number one, and are cheaper. Yeah. I mean, you just can't keep buying, you know, great player after great player. You have to right. you have to supplement them with quality young players who are going to be productive. And you can trade them if you want. That's right. how they got Real Muto. Correct. I mean, let's be real, guys. If the Phillies don't have Sixto Sanchez five years ago, they don't have JT Real Muto. Correct. They just, they just don't. And uh, Alfaro, who's part of it as well. Yeah. And, and Dombrowski had to dig out from, uh, you know, McPhail, who All right. was a major fail. Josh Almost Harris. as bad as Ruben. Why don't you hire freaking Dombrowski? <laughs> almost, almost as bad. I mean, let's not get into the Amaro's the <laughs> we, record I'm Spike Esther. Oh, we've had a few general Talk about digging a hole. I'll tell you Two one shovels. thing. shovels. I'll tell you one thing. Now, about... now he's hosted on WIP. That's how, why I'm here right how now. How the mighty have fallen. I'll tell you one thing about Brian Colangelo, our general, general manager. Hell of a wife. Hell, very supportive. Very supportive. You know, my wife had a burner for a little while. Yeah. Uh, my it was space. you. She had it on MySpace. Not a lot of chatter. Just <laughs> very supportive. All right. This is good stuff. We got these guys in the studio. We're clowning around. We're having some fun. Thursday morning as we move. I guess we're now in late February. I gotta tell you, I'm sick of the cold weather. It is officially depressing. Well, it's not cold anymore. It's going up to uh, 50. It was beautiful. It was, it's cold at 3:30 in the morning when yeah. I leave my house. I'll say uh, that much. Guys, it's been in the 40s most days. Some days in the 30s. I, I'm not walking as much. It's affecting my mood. It's not good. It's not good. You're so tender. I'm just telling you. I mean, <laughs> John, I'd love for you to walk in the hallways of my apartment. It's boring. Every every hallway looks the same, mm. so I'm tired of it, and I'm uh, not walking outside as much. Bundled up, go outside. Walk you know, a mile like, in his slippers. It's not really bundling that much up. Yeah, right. Joel, right. you walking yet from the surgery? How's that going? Of course I am. I'm working hard. I'm rehabbing. I, I got to practice early yesterday. I was the first one there. I couldn't get in. Yeah. But, uh, Miscommunication there and the, you know, the timing. They didn't recognize What you. else is new? Yeah. All right, so let me they didn't recognize me, Copa. I wasn't lying on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Allen Iverson's also with us. And, John, we had never, until today, had Allen Iverson on the show. I mean, this this is something. Oh, so, you know, so AI, AI, first so, off, welcome to I WIP. I ain't even up yet, y'all. Wait, wait. What y'all doing here? Well, we're, we're here to talk to you, my man. I'm so usually, I'm usually just getting in at this time. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> I hear you. Where's the old guy that was here, man? I, I You're talking about I, Ruben? Well, whatever. I don't even remember. <laughs> y'all been dogging me for years, man. Ye, over 20 years, man. The whole town. But um, no, we love we, we love you. I mean, in in the absence of you, the organization doesn't look as good. What do you, what do you make of what's I, going on with our present day singers? I don't even look at it anymore. I I mean, this guy over here, the big guy, he's like eight feet tall. He can't even get it on the court. The big, I mean, y'all, y'all so big. Oh, please. You don't please. even look at it anymore? Like, you don't even watch It's your predictable. Team? It's like, this guy's going to get hurt. They going to go in the playoffs. May he going to be have one or two good games and then done. They all done. I shine when it counted. Okay, when it counted. Mm. Y'all know that. Yeah, you did. 48, the tapes. 48 points, game one versus so LA. So, can't, can't you get Joel right? 
Why don't you try to him? get him right? Why, look at him. Will you try to get him right? <laughs> oh, I, oh, I am right. What are you talking about? <laughs> the guy's like so big he fall down, he's halfway home. <laughs> all, right, let, all right, let's get this segment right now, by the way, brought to us by – this segment is brought to us by Mount Holly Nissan. New 2024 Nissans, they're arriving daily at Mount Holly Nissan, minutes from everywhere, just over the bridge, online at MountHollyNissan.com. All right, let's talk to Jimmy. He's calling from Happer right now. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, guys. Been holding a while. So i got a whole different perspective about this. So remember – when I said uh, they were fraud back in August, I think the domino effect from the two coordinators not able to teach technique to get the promotion from the locker room as the as the season went on, it deteriorated. So then what happened was, oh, let's 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 put Patricia in there, all this, and. I think Nick seen it happening, and he he confronted his players and his coaches, and I think he's an amazing coach, and I believe he created the tush push. Well, I don't know who created it. Somebody somebody did. Um, look, Jimmy, there's no doubt the coordinators were, were a factor, but I will say this. I don't put them as the number one factor. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe they were. I mean, you know, look, San Francisco changed defensive coordinators, and they almost won the Super Bowl. So, you know, maybe the Eagles hired the wrong people. I, I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. But, John, biggest factor for what happened with the Eagles on the negative side, biggest factor in your opinion was what? Jeez. Uh, ineffective scheme on both sides of the ball. I'd say ineffective scheme on offense. Exactly. I, I would say ineffective scheme on offense, and second, I would say just horrendous talent on defense. Reuben, biggest factor in your opinion, demise the Eagles. I disagree with you. I think it's the coordinators. I think the new coordinators who did not know how to do that job to that level and were not prepared to take this team to the next level, and I think that was a, an egregious mistake. Thank uh, you. I, thank you. I think this year they're going to be so crisp. I think the players will respect what's going on, and I, I really think they're going to be crisp. Well, we'll see. I mean, I'll tell you this. They better get better players on defense. It and better the defense, be a lot The different. defense was a big one. I, I I mean, it was like Swiss cheese there for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's just the, the, the talent stuff. I think it's there. incredible. Last year, Nick Sirianni told us that he expects that things will look different. Remember, when things didn't start out, like gangbusters, he actually admitted that he would take a look at things at adjusting the schedule next fall uh, because it wasn't good enough. I'm really eager to see what that schedule looks like. I don't I'm think really it's a schedule issue, though. They just, just, if they get back to the basics of what football is really all about. But they didn't start slow. They started 10-1. and one. Like I don't buy any of this stuff about well, I don't remember the training. specifics of why he brought this up, but he did bring it up. If you'll recall, I think it was, you know, October, yeah. beginning of November, at some point, he said, yes, we are going to take a look at that uh, next Jimmy, year. Jimmy, give me a documentary you'd like to see get made. I think you're going to like this. Uh, nobody ever knows, and this player changed the way you have to run your offense against the defensive linebackers, and that's Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, the LT life. LT documentary would be – Something, no question about it. And, and this Jimmy on the line, is this Jimmy Butler? <laughs> I don't know. You kissed him <laughs> goodbye about four or five years ago. Okay. You wish he was. You know, if you guys had him and Mikel Bridges 
and Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid, you could have won four or five straight championships. Yeah, what happened there? That was a miss. That was a miss. <laughs> the, the Zaire Smith. You count that as one miss? <laughs> one, one big miss. You know, if, if, if we'd have kept Hinky, you know, maybe we could have finished what we started, but. Let's ask Doc Rivers here. He died for your sins. Yeah, that's right, Sam. <laughs> so, 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 Doc, you're you're now up in Milwaukee, but is Josh Harris is here? Like, do you do you feel? Because he talked about firing you, but do you feel it was a justified fire? No, no, totally not unjustified. I mean, come on, it's the players, right? They 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 didn't perform for me, and that's my fault. You know, I guess the scratchy throat is my fault too. <laughs> 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 Poor guy. Stay in character. Poor guy. We'll give him a break for a second. Let's get to Rob in Switch South Jersey. What's up, Rob? <laughs> Joe, what's going on, man? We got a lot happening here. I know this is. Someone's got to get uh, someone's got to get Conklin some water. Good morning, Rob. This is, Hello. This is this is pretty good, Joe. I just want to say I have a, actually have a question for Ruben, but just want to say tomorrow around seven forty-five, if you're playing me, it's it, it, just be ready, okay? All right, listen, you're a great competitor. I have no doubt. And uh, I, we'll find out. I was out. telling Jimmy. I was why telling do you Jimmy, have no I realized Because Rob's a great I competitor. To, I have no doubt. I, I know he is. He's I was telling me. Jimmy. Twice. The reason, yeah. I, the ah, reason I haven't been able to get through. Now the truth comes out. Say it again, Rob. Thank you, Rob. I said the, the reason that I haven't been able to get through is because I listen on the Odyssey app, and I'm like two minutes behind. Uh, and it's always busy. So I, I, I'll fix that. Um, but my other question for Ruben. Ruben, I just also, first before I even start, I want to thank you for your, for your t- service with the Phillies. Man, sometimes people give you a hard time. Like, you you, were, you did a great job, man. You're also you're also very good on the post game with Ben and Ricky. I just want to say that. Yeah, that's um, very kind. Thanks, Rob. Um, with Montgomery, Snell, and Bellinger, I, I I understand it, but I also don't. Like I look at Michael Conforto a couple years ago, who I believe was a Boris client, not nearly as valuable in his free agency as these guys. But what is the end game here? I think Conforto missed an entire season. Do Montgomery, Snell, and Bellinger do they have multi-year? $100 million offers on the table, but Boris is saying, listen, you know, we can get more. Like, are, are these guys want to compete. They want to be on an opening day roster, or will they wait to May or June? Like, what, what is the end game for these guys? And some of the greatness of, of Scott Boris is that, one, he can read the marketplace, and with some of the faults that he has is that he misreads the marketplace from time to time, and that's what's happening with these three guys. I think he probably... He probably promised them, you know, they'd be getting contracts that were different from what they're being offered. And, and you know, he's going to hold out until someone is now going to get hurt or something. There's some kind of pressure point where somebody's going to blink and say, we're going to overpay this guy. These guys are good players. They're not generational or great players like, they, like he has at times. Snell's a good player. He's a five-inning pitcher. Bellinger, you have questions about whether or not he's going to be back to that MVP-type talent because he had a good year after having two really terrible years. And Montgomery's like a good pitcher, but he's not a great pitcher. He's he's good. He's a good, solid number two, three pitcher. So he's trying to sell these guys as number ones, and they're not. And so I think that's, that's, that is a miss by, by Boris, who doesn't miss a lot. But every year he's got one or two guys that he sort of misses with because he misreads the uh, the market. Well, hey Rob, give me a big answer. A documentary you'd love to see made. All right, uh, I'm going to go um, uh, inside the mind of Ben Simmons. <laughs> well, the Ben Simmons thing—that's interesting. You know, Rube, the last caller there, Rob, was just touching on uh, your unique journey. Um, you're probably in the top ten, I would think, this century. They got 
tremendous criticism in Philly sports. I mean, I let's let's do the list there: Ruben, Ed Wade, Donovan McNabb, Andy Reid, mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, um, Joel Embiid. Joel, absolutely, Joel. Uh, I mean, Ben Simmons. Ben, ben, Simmons. ben yeah. Simmons. Ben Simmons. Brett Brown. Uh, Brett Brown got a lot. Doc got a lot. Doc Rivers. Uh, anyway, we we know there's there's a pit, Billy King at the end. So Ruben. Dubious honor. What? <laughs> so, what is that like? And you have obviously dealt with it so well in the aftermath. Forget the aftermath for a second. In the moment, like when Joe DeCamera is on WIP, and he says this about a player: Carson stinks. And then I go on to say: Carson Wentz is horrible. Now I don't always go that strong, but John was ticking me off that day, and I had to make a point to say: Let me tell you what the truth, where the truth lies. So, Ruben, what's that like to hear that about yourself? Well, honestly, I've been sort of through it. I saw it happen with Ed Wade. I saw it. You know, it, it just—it's part of the gig here. I mean, I was sort of prepared. You, you, no one likes to be criticized. Um, but I also think back and I think about the things that I did do with the organization. I helped start the build to get, you know, where Ed Wade got the teams to. And I helped Pat Gillick get to where we were a championship caliber club. So I, I focus on that stuff. I sort of focus on the positive stuff because we had one of the best eras of, of Phillies baseball ever. One of the two from best. From 07 to 11. Clearly. And I was right in the middle of that process. And so I, I, I am very proud of, like, the tenure that I have. It was crappy after that, yeah. and and I, and I understand that. And we sort of understood that this was going to happen. I wish I could have, you know, had the time to rebuild ourselves out of it because I felt like I could have done it well. But hey, um, that that sort of comes with the territory here in Philadelphia, and I knew that going in. I mean, it was one of the first quotes that I had with my kids and my brothers. Like, you know, at some point, it's we're going to go south, and this is going to happen. And so I was sort of mentally prepared for it but i mean i think emotionally you don't you know you don't want people to sit there and look at you and say you know you screwed up the organization yeah. and you're you're uh, you're you're the worst gm ever I, you know i don't believe that i believe that i actually did a really good job uh, at, at times and uh, and i was really ha- proud of being part of an era that was probably one of the best in our in our in our organization did the town take you back into their heart more than you expected them to yes they did um, and I and I thank this station for one, but also um, just the fact that I stayed in the game. I mean, I loved and I stayed here in Philly. I wasn't, you know, this is my home, man. I, you know, I get it. And so, um, in a lot of ways, just being back on the air and being able to talk about baseball and being back, you know, um, sort of in the on the media side of things uh, has been a real joy for me. And people have been really gracious. I mean, I there were times when I would walk around the street and people would like look at me and you know side eye me, but. But generally, the people were very gracious after I came back after, you know, being with the the Mets and, and the Boston Red Sox. I mean, people were really, really gracious about, you know, my tenure. I, Good. Th- I think that uh, people generally have been, I think, positively about it. Well, still living here for about half the year when um, it's not the NBA regular season or playoffs. Charles Barkley always comes back here in the offseason. Up, All right, Chuck, good morning, buddy. Man, Ruben from Philly. The Philly loves their own, okay? They ain't going to abandon, always have been uh, loyal to a Philly guy. So he, you set for life here. Just don't move or you're out of luck. 
Charles, I got to tell you, man, it was one of the greatest things I ever did was was a workout with you in Northeast Philly. We had a chance to work out together, man. And I saw you getting your that round mound of rebound, getting nice and tight. Worked hard, and you still got a lot of work to do. <laughs> and this is the guy that took the Phillies right off the cliff. And I'm did talking you guys about really work out his together? name is Cliff Lee. Yeah, we did. You we actually worked out did. together. Yes, like we when did. you were getting ready to play. I Correct. used to I curl. In the minor I, I would grab. Was... I would grab Ruben and curl him. Yes, he would. <laughs> he could also bench it's press incredible. me easy. Charles, yeah. Charles, what do, you, what do you make what's going on with the Sixers? I mean, if Joel comes back fully healthy, which he might, uh, is there hope for a squad this spring or no? They're done. They're done. But I, Embiid ain't going to come back healthy. You see this guy on the floor. They see it. We've seen this thing a thousand times. They just done this year. Pack it up uh, and try again next year. Yeah. I mean, as much as I love the big fella, I love you too. <laughs> they ain't going nowhere. And you're right, because you, you got doubts, because I can hear it in your voice every day. I do have doubts. You said there's no way he's going to – you're thinking he, you want him to come back, but you know he ain't coming back. Charles is finally right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll find out if I'm right with life advice. Let's do a little life advice with the hammer. All right, life advice brought to us by MHS Lift. If you're looking for forklifts, a warehouse efficiency assessment, any type of material handling equipment, or if your equipment needs repairs, get yourself to MHSLift.com. Seltzer, what does someone need help with today? And I'm telling you, I, I feel under the a little extra pressure here is I'm going to have a lot of voices that could critique. That's true. You got a billionaire in there with you. I mean, you know. Yeah, but he's a fool. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Seltzer, uh, what does someone need help with here? We're going to help Stewart out today, or attempt to help Stewart out. Yeah. Stewart says, Hammer, I work in an office that's pretty low-key. I'm an avid Philly sports fan of all our teams, and I'm super excited for Spilly's, Philly's tr- spring training, and I believe it'd be fun to instill a little life into the office by sharing my passion, but most of my coworkers are fair-weather fans and really don't care until Red October rolls around. Is there anything I could do to get the team uh, to get more team spirit here for the Phils or and get my coworkers involved, or should I not even try? Yeah, you know, I equate this a lot to the Eagles' efforts with Jalen Hurts and his personality. Uh, they're trying to get a guy with not much personality to have a personality, and so too is he with his office. <laughs> Man, I mean, I just—that's my read. That's my—that's my first inclination. <laughs> I don't think you have much hope. I'm not—I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. I'm just keeping it real with you. I mean, look, you know the personality of your coworkers. If they don't have personality and or they don't have much interest in the fills, then they don't have much interest in the fills. I don't I don't know what you can do about that. So it doesn't matter. You you force them to cheer along. You create a cheer and set the tempo. In the office, give me your office and cheer. Assume that everyone else can join in. Right, I don't know. Guy. You start an Eagles cheer, something along those lines. E A G L E S Eagles, or sing the song. Get people yeah, then you're the weirdo. You're Kicking the weir- up a level. Everyone just level. needs – they're no. familiar. Positivity. You need, you need to bring the action. You need to bring the energy yourself. Everyone wants to follow along. Everyone wants to have fun at work. Don't work. I mean, you can find do it, do it here at your desk. You're a real Grinch here, huh? Well, what is that going to do? John's saying do an Eagles chant at your desk. Well, that's a is weird. That, is that going to really work? Yeah, I'm not right. saying. That's, is Eagles that going to get Susan in the next cubicle to be all excited? Susan, Susan's, Susan's not excited in the cubicle, so she's going to start getting excited because, you know, give me a W. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give me an I. Come on, Susan, get over yourself. Bring him donuts. Bring him donuts. <laughs> and there it is, a little life advice with the hammer. 
I that said was terrible. That was Dallas. I don't know, man. That's what do you mean? Like, don't try. You're telling me. Why, your why, it was advice. You're not, Create some positivity. Everyone's just going to sit there like on that. their hands. Let's no. go. I, let, no. me, let, let me ask Josh Harris a question. Josh, have you fired anybody lately? I mean, you sometimes <laughs> you just bring the axe down to people. You fired anyone lately? Did you hear this story about how we found the chef? You know, we I don't went, know this. We went to a wonderful <laughs> meal in a, in a local restaurant. Um, his name is actually Sehi Chow. And we had a wonderful meal, and we hired him. That's the type of innovation that we bring to the Sixers. Um, unfortunately, we didn't really like the the chicken and the steaks that he was making. We should let him go. Of, but this is the kind of thing he spends his time with, as opposed to football or basketball. Yeah, I mean, the chef. Chefs and meals and flying around with his helicopter ruining kid soccer. Look, he spends a lot of money for the Sixers, but he's a bad owner. I mean, John, John let's be real. Josh Rotten. Harris is a bad owner. Rotten. Because he's hired the wrong people to run a non-committal. Like, I, I want someone who cares about well, us that's so. above all else. Yeah, that, that's, that's so. He's certainly not ridiculous. Chuck in Mount Airy cares. Good morning, Chuck. Hey, I mean, before I get life advice from you, you got to really be in the sewer to get life advice from you. I'd rather jump in the sewer with two ankle weights on than before I take life advice from you. You know what I mean? Like, are you kidding me? Well, like, what do you think you, you, you Chuck, like, I'm a, I'm a, Chuck, I'm a soothsayer. Come on, man. Oh, my God. Soothsayer. I mean, I'm a soothsayer. Oh. Yeah. I'm like a, a like a shaman or something, you know. It's called coming in The shaman, yes, it is the term that you're shaman. looking for. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you I'm are a, you are a shaman. I'm a shaman. Yes, yeah. shepherding people through the yeah. world, helping yeah. people. Yeah. Oh man, just give me a gun already. Just you know, just took me out of my misery before I actually come to you. Yeah. Anyway, Nick Sirianni is a neck. I've been telling everybody that that we're listening to is okay. Nick Sirianni's a nut. You guys, all you clowns out there, love him. Because he's a clown. You know what I mean? You want a coach that can't control his emotions on the sideline. Like, how can he possibly control a locker room? Okay? This thing is over. All right? As long as he's our head coach. You know what? I can't even blame him anymore because he don't have any power. So, you know what? He doesn't even exist on his team anymore. He's not even a head coach of this football team in my eyes anymore. He's just a puppet. That's just a, a person that does interviews, and that's it. All right? I can't wait to the day he's gone. But I can't even blame him next year because he has no power. All right, it, it'd be easy to, to sit there and just point the finger at him. You know, it, it, I got to look at the players next year because he has no say at all. Well, right? he's, he's still going to have some check. say, but but probably less, probably less. Yeah, he doesn't have no say at all. Okay? All right, Chuck, give me give me a documentary you'd like to see made. What do you got here? Hey, hey, Joe, hold on. Let me say something to you real quick. Too stop being a wimp and a coward and a punk. Get out there and take a walk with your lady, okay, in the, in the, in the chill, chilly it's weather. It's too right? cold, it's man. I don't want to walk right? in 42 degrees. On, wear a jacket. Wear a jacket. Wear a hoodie. He doesn't have appropriate clothing. Like, yeah, like appropriate weather-related Do you remember items? when he, he – doesn't have a layer? He, no. Remember when he didn't He's, have boots and in the snow he would do the socks over the pants? It was unbelievable. I've never <laughs> seen anything like it. Double tube yeah. socks okay. pulled like, up on. over the sweatpants that are pulled up over the jeans. Okay, I've, I've the seen – The sweatpants it. over the jeans with socks, <laughs> I, double socks pulled up over those double pants. His that, that doesn't surprise me because I have seen the uniform uh, fit. <laughs> I had to make a few adjustments on that. All right, here's yes, my retort. True. Here's my retort to all of you, especially Chuck and Mount Airy. It is driving me crazy. You drive me crazy, Chuck. Do you yeah, have yeah, snow you boots now, Joe? Yes. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I got some now. All right, Chuck, a documentary. What do you got, pal? 
you're an alien, Joe, a Martian somewhere from Mars. You know what I mean? I got a document, a rise and fall of Vince McMahon. I would love to see that. Interesting. Ooh, that's, that's a, a actually, good yeah, that's a really, really good, good answer. One. That, that is pretty good. I like that, too. All right, anyway. up ahead, Life of Us with the Hammer. Brandon Marsh, what he said. More with the Sixers crew as well. Joe DeCameron and John Ritchie, all 94 WIP. Hey, let me tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook, where you can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Now, obviously, the local squad back in action tonight. Uh, first game for the uh, the local dude from uh, high school and college. Now playing his first game with the local squad. Get in on him, on the game, on the future of that team. Who's going to win the MVP this year? Who's going to win the championship? It is all there for you to bet on pro basketball at FanDuel.com slash Hammer. That's FanDuel.com slash Hammer with FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 94 WIP. So once again... Right on this Thursday morning, great to be with you, 94 WIP. Joe and Hugh coming off top of the hour. Let's get to today's Twitter poll question of the day. It's brought to us by Armin Chevrolet, the all-new 2024 Chevy tracks arriving daily at Armin Chevrolet. It starts at only $21,495. Together, let's drive. Visit ArminChevy.com. The question, do you think Joel Embiid will play again during the regular season this year? Yes or no? John, where do you think the poll results came in on Twitter? I hope it's 85% yes. <laughs> it's not. 70%? 46% say yes. Come on. I don't now know I th- what you're paying attention <laughs> to. Now I think no. they're wrong, but, but but we really don't know. We don't know. I mean, we'll say. I love He'll John comes in at We do know. I, when, okay, when scopes happen, guys usually come back in a timely fashion. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. I'm saying we got a good chance. And when a guy's that important... Man, you're paying a lot of attention to making sure he gets back. Well, you don't really know how injured he was. Um, I know that he had a flap on his meniscus, and they shaved it down to fix it. Well, you heard what Howard said earlier, that if it was that if they had to fix the flap, that he's done for the year. I no, totally disagree to, with that. You do disagree with that. I disagree the with that. The point is, if he had to fix the flap, like if they went in and tried to actually repair the meniscus, what it's different what they did. They shaved it off. They shaved yes. the offending portion off. That's what they used to do. That's the easy, you know, quicker method. So, yes, it would take longer if they tried to repair the meniscus itself. This is the faster way, and it's he'll feel normal. Ruben, you expect him back? I expect him back, especially if it was just to, to snip that, that flap. I had it done myself. Me too. And, it was done, it was, and I was ready to go quickly. I, I had it done before. It already happened to me. And the saddest part was that I had just gotten a new meniscus for Christmas. Uh, Let's listen to Nick Nurse, because Nick Nurse did talk to John Clark uh, on John Clark's podcast about the latest with Joel Embiid. This was yesterday. Here's what Nick Nurse said. Joel, I guess he's around here for the first time. Is it good to actually see him in person again? And, And how's his spirits? Good. Um, Joel's been really positive with me and all the interactions he was he was in for practice, and um, he's happy. You know, I think he's happy. He likes some of the new additions. He's looking around. He thinks the team's getting better. He really told me really looks out there. He said, I really want to be out there. You know, so let's see what happens. 
do you hope, expect that maybe you'll get a couple weeks with him before playoffs and, and try to get back into a rhythm? Yeah, I hope. I hope. Yeah. I don't I don't know what to expect here. I think we're we're a couple weeks in, probably a couple more to go before we get an eval of where we're gonna be. But yeah, I hope we can get a couple weeks in and get him some games and and um get him healthy for round one. All right, that's Nick Nurse. All right, well, well, time will tell. We'll know within the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. Let's also get to Brandon Marsh audio because Brandon Marsh also trying to rehab from a knee uh, situation. Here's Marsh yesterday on his rehab and the injury. Uh, great. You know, uh, we're on track. Everything's uh, been going uh, as they should day to day. Uh, what is it, day six? I believe so. Yeah, we're in good hands over here, taking good care of me. And, uh, yeah, we're on the right track. Everything's on pace. How did it happen? Did it kind of surprise you? Did you start to have pain? It, it was it was a bit of a surprise. You know, I just started feeling a little discomfort in the offseason uh, throughout the work and uh, just reached a point where I was like, yeah, I need to need to reach out to reach out to the guys and uh you know we got it looked at and said do a little cleanup it's been uh it's been a great recovery process and pretty easy so it's uh it's just just time for the swelling to go down and just get back on the field so you don't think it was like a certain event or anything like that like running or lifting weights or- no i think it just run it may have just ran prior you know back to a couple of things i did to the knee like in cincinnati back in 22 you know just some just a little like you know, just loose bodies hanging around down there, just a little cleanup. It was really simple surgery and really not too, too much to go in depth about. All right, so that's Brandon Marsh. Sounds like he's on totally on track for opening day, if not way sooner. By the way, great follow-up question from Howard, John, that would be near and dear to your heart and your mindset. Listen to this follow-up with Howard and Brandon Marsh. Do you feel you could probably play now, right? Not that they would let you, but do you I feel that way? I think yeah. I could have played the day after surgery. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm in a good, I'm in a good state of mind right now. Uh, like I said, I have, I have great hands uh, working on me, and uh, we're uh, we're right on track. You know, we're uh, just just trying to keep it day to day and keep it simple. John, the guy who thinks said everybody he, can play the next day. He just said he's six days post surgery. Correct. He just said he felt like he could play the day after. And well, he, he said, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He, he said, said he was just kidding, John. He reiterated. But hold <laughs> on, guys. I had He literally surgery. said I was Rube kidding. had this surgery. Yes. They tell you when you get this surgery, when the swelling's out, uh, you're fixed. You can roll. Are you 7 that's foot 2, it. 350 pounds or whatever? No, but I know that's the way a knee works. There's nothing else complicating it. But the weight on a knee offending. complicates it, though, right? I like get it. The, how heavy you are, what you carry around, like that complicates it. I understand. It. And if we're talking about heaviness, if we're talking about like body, whatever ratio of weight to body size, mine was a lot more extreme than the 72280 yeah, guy. But here's the thing, Ruben. This is the thing I've been trying to get John for. Se- I'm never going to win this. For seven years, I've been trying to get him to get this. And I'm just curious your perspective. The NFL didn't care about John as much as the NBA cares about Joel Embiid. That's why John only had a seven-year NFL career. John Ritchie, the John Ritchie I remember, was way too good a football player to only play for seven years. But the body takes his body broke down because he kept playing through injuries. Guys, it's a different sport. Correct. You're 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 crashing cars every freaking play. Right. I mean, it's a totally different thing. That was thing. my job. Well, that's and that true. was their yeah. jobs. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's why they have such a short lifespan. Yeah. Horns. All right, let's go. Horns, that's right. Time's yours in about five minutes. Keith right now in Springfield. Hi, Keith. Hey, good morning, guys. What's up, Keith? First of all, Mr. DeCamera, congratulations on your medical degree. I had no idea you'd gotten it. It's oh. just a yeah. <laughs> they, they called me Dr. D. The, the radio that you're overruling these two guys, 
I'm chuckling. In no, I don't overrule Ruben. I overrule John. Yeah. Well, both. I think they're both telling you you're nuts. Hey, I had a quick. He just doesn't hear comment. it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. The culture comment. The Eagles. The culture fell apart at the end of the year last year, and then Nick Sirianni comes out and says, "I'm going to be the culture guy." So, so why didn't we hear what happened from them? Like, hey, we're not playing as a team. Just something, even nonsense. Give us the strategic direction of this team. Well, they gave you they gave you an indication by firing both coordinators, so that that tells you that they pin a lot of it there. Now, where else? Look, Keith, they're not going to say they're not really going to say on the record what they know about certain things. Like, let's say Jalen Hurts. Who knows whether it was a massive problem personality wise or a small problem or no problem. But if it was any degree of a problem, they're not going to go on the record and say that. They're just, now, at some point here and soon, how and Sirianni will speak, they will be asked about it. How they dance around it will be interesting. But they're not going to come out if they feel there was a personality issue with Jalen Hurts and say, hey, by the way, there was a personality issue, and it caused a rift in our locker room. They're not going to say that, nor should they say that. I mean, Ruben was a GM. He knows you don't say that. You don't say that. You don't say that. It doesn't come out. You work on it privately. You might leak a thing or two publicly to to try to soft-pedal the issue, but you don't state it. No, my point was that they made the they made the head coach in charge of culture, and when they asked him what he does, he was a bumbling idiot about it. Well, he didn't know what to say. I mean, yeah, it was a great question by Tim McManus, and Sirianni was in a tough spot there because he was clearly neutered. He doesn't want to say he was neutered, but everyone knows he was neutered. Right. I mean, it's but, what it, it's how what are it you is. Supposed to trust a guy who can't even tell you the direction he's going, like the flower comments, whatever he used to say. Yeah. Like you said, he's handcuffed, and I don't trust him anymore. All right, Keith, I give me a, give me a big answer, a documentary yeah. you'd like to see made. So Vertical Flight Society is like the, the Rotorcraft Center of Excellence. started in Philly in 1943. There's been not a whole lot of public info about it, but it's it's amazing, and the history in Philadelphia is astonishing. I think most people don't know it. Nice. Keith, good call right there. So one call that was made recently was the call by Josh Harris to not – let's welcome him back – not hire Bill Belichick. I mean, John, if you remember, Bill Belichick was – could have been Washington's head football coach. I can't believe we got a crossover. a bunch of teams had bunch football of teams. Coach. So, Josh Harris is with us. Josh, why didn't you hire Bill Belichick in D.C.? Well, you know, I, I love this pigskin talk. I just love it. So, <laughs> we... Right up your alley. You are a nerd, man. We were pretty close to hiring Bill Belichick. Funny story. We had the call. We're in the room. Just about to dial in. Well, in barges Judy from HR, I had forgotten to book the room. She kicks us out. <laughs> I lost my window of opportunity. We, we got the Dallas guy. So. You got the Dallas guy. Yeah, Dan Quinn. That's right. Oh, bummer. Dan Quinn. Dan. So, jo- oversight jo- by jo- you Joel, when 54% of people say they don't expect you to play again this year, or at least in the regular season, like, how do you take that? Oh, I'm determined to prove them wrong. I'll just work harder. Oh, I'll have to prove it to myself and uh, – and my intestinal fortitude, and um, my, we're gonna we're gonna do what we gotta do. It's right in front of me. I gotta keep going. Hopefully, I can get into the training facility today. Uh, I was a little early yesterday. <laughs> Got my swipe card updated. <laughs> right. Let's do what we do every single day at this time. Great effort by these two guys. I gotta say. I mean, they're just. We're firing answers at us here, man. This is good stuff. All right, Time's Words is brought to us by Xfinity Mobile, the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Mobile Lounge. 
Discover the nation's best-kept secret and switch to Xfinity Mobile. Now with the best price for two lines of Unlimited. By the way, before we hit it with Time's Yours, i got to ask a question to GM Ruben Amaro. GM Ruben Amaro, when yep. you were GM Ruben Amaro and you're at a podium for a press conference and you don't know what questions come in your way, anything can be asked. It's got to be kind of unnerving, right? It is. I tried to get prepared. Greg Castrato at the time was a PR director, and he was great at preparing me for some of these questions. But, hey, you get a lot of – How but, long uh, would you have to prepare? Good question. I mean, we. I would sit I would sit down with him and, and probably talk eh, maybe 20 minutes, half an hour, and just wow. to discuss, hey, what, what's the topics of this? Would you ever role play? Like he would literally just sort of the role of the reporter uh, and say, here's a question, here's a question. Here. What's your answer? What's your not, answer? Not, not necessarily role play, but would prepare me with topics, topics of yeah. – of, of import. Be ready to address these Be things. Be ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Seltzer, did anyone from the Phillies prepare Gabe Kapler for Howard Eskin's first question? <laughs> <Gabe Kapler? laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, uh, time, what, did I, did I say the sponsor <laughs> Times Yours? I think I did. Let's hit it with Times Yours. We have to fertilize our core values. Ah! Oh, what's up, Dom? Yeah. We have to, um, we have to fertilize, you know, let this thing grow. We have our core, uh, you know, our main core values we're going to follow. So, yeah. Thanks, Dom. Well, Time will tell if they can effectively do it. We'll see. Hey, what's up, guys? I just uh, I had to. I went and looked up that Selma Hayek uh, dance scene from whatever that movie was you guys said. Holy mac and cheese. How'd you guys not vote for that thing? I told Great you. Point. That's all I'm going to say. I told you. Fair enough. If I have to hear one more freaking word about Big Dom, our security guard, <laughs> and his absence impacting our season negatively, I'm going to freaking stop watching Eagles altogether. This is absolutely pathetic that Sirianni, a grown man, needs a damn babysitter on the sideline. What a pathetic organization. Time's yours. Well, redirect, uh, man. It's not a pathetic organization. No, and he doesn't no. need a babysitter on the sideline. But I, but I think Big Dom served a role in helping, and his absence may have hurt a bit. That's Possibly, awesome. yeah. Yes, I just saw Hoosiers again. It was very heartwarming, and everyone in the film looked delicious. <laughs> and that's Ruben right there. Ruben that's talk. Right. And with that, time's yours. We shut it down. The time's yours line. Leave Joe and John a message of your thoughts, compliments, and complaints. Call 215-238-4500. Let's get to Jeff in Williamstown. Jeff, good morning. Jeffrey. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, dude. Hi, Jeff. My call. Uh, I just wanted to say I'm a huge Ruben Amaro Jr. fan. and uh, I didn't know he was a local boy until I started watching the Goldbergs. That's correct. Shout out to the Goldbergs. Yeah, shout out. Yeah. Well, I, that's very nice. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, no problem. Jeff, this was one of those, like, <laughs> you got to the point, you said it. It was really nice. And then, like, you had no secondary comment, which is fine. Is there a secondary comment, or is that it? That's pretty much it. All right. That's very kind. There you go. That's very kind. Jeff, give me an answer here to a documentary you'd like to see made that has not been made. How about, uh, like, technology in general? Technology in general. That would be a long documentary. Guessing there have probably been a few documentaries going back to the wheel and all all that good stuff i let let me ask a question joel before we get out of here and joel i know you got to get to practice soon and rehab and all that because look we're talking a lot about this year that'd be great well yeah whatever it is all right joel let's be real (laughs) don't be tired there's there's a main thing we want from you before it's all said and done 
It can fall be this down year. again? No. It can be next year. It can be the year after. But before it's all you, – you got to win a title. I mean, it's the first time I'm going to ask you live here on that's all. That's all I want to do. That's what I live for. Are you going to do it? I'm going here. to bring a title. Well, let me let me tell you, first of all, I'm going to take this team far. Right after the season, we're going to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be in May oh, when, man, when the Nuggets Young are still playing. Last night. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, we, we're going to pull it together. I think we got enough here this year to compete. We'll see how far we go. I love Maxie. He's smiling at me right now. Hello. Uh, but uh, we, we, we're, we're good. And Lowry bring the toughness, so I can't wait to look forward to good things going to happen. All right, all right. Right. Sure. Wasn't exactly a yes. Wasn't exactly a no. Was a, we'll say. What do you want me to do? I mean, some questions are just you know. You can't, I want you to do what Jimmy Rollins did. Say we're the answers. team to beat, and then go out there and prove it. That's what I want you to do. <sighs> he was, but you know what the problem he, is, John? They're not. Good, they're can, not good enough. They're not good enough. He was this healthy. Team when can he said be it. good enough, Joel. It's up to you. Like you have to go be good enough. Some things you just can't answer. Like. Why can't Richie get a date? (laughs) (laughs) I really feel like you're deflecting. Nice deflect. Oh, man. Let's get to Bilal in South Philadelphia. Good morning, Bilal. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Hey, hey, Joe, you stole something from me, but I'm going to give it right back anyway. John, man, you was a hell of a player. I'm 62. I remember them days, the Oakland days. Uh, Thanks, Bilal. Hey, I I, I remember them days, man. Now, real quick, I just want to say this. I know everybody on on Hurts, everybody, deservingly so, as y'all say. I still feel like it was the coordinator. I feel like, you know, it was the offensive coordinator that really made his game descend from where it was. I mean, yeah. he, was, he, was calling Pop, he was calling Pop Warner game, um, plays, man. Like, come on, man, everybody knew. Everybody was watching TV, said they're going to do this, they're going to – Everybody knew they was going, what they was going to do because they would pop on the plays. Well, I, I don't know if it was that extreme. I'm positive oh, it'll look different this year. I'm positive the plan that we saw when this offensive coordinator was in Dallas against the Blitz is going to look a lot more like what we're doing, the conventional West Coast Blitz pickup, and that will work better than Jalen go run around and buy time, which is a lot of what he was doing the last couple of years. And I agree last because year, I that's say. what we need. That's what we need. We need somebody that can actually coordinate a game. I don't think them coordinators was coordinating yeah. offensively or defensively. But, but, love, but don't forget this reality. Sirianni was in charge of the offense. Now, maybe he, he maybe he no longer is. Maybe he is. There's confusion there. I mean, John, who, who do you believe has final say on the Eagles offense in 2024? Kellen Moore or Nick Sirianni? I think they would tell you it's a collaborative effort between the two of them. But what do you think it is? I think that's the problem. Maybe they don't know. Like, well, I, that, that, that that would be a problem. Yeah, that's a mess. Let's hope to God that it's Kellen Moore. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've seen enough of this idiot. You're going to water yourself. Come on. <laughs> Celebrate him. Isn't it real, Doc? <laughs> <laughs> that might win drop of the week right there. Bilal, give me an answer. What, what do you want to see a documentary on? Coach all right, all right, coach. real quick, I wanted I wanted to say the Sixers, but I'm gonna say the Philadelphia sports team, the Eagles, and the because a lot of I told my son, he's 18, that the Sixers used to be called the Warriors. He didn't know that, so I, I'm that's saying, not like, that's not you're, you're inaccurate. You're yeah. totally inaccurate. The Warriors, the Sixers they, did not used to be called the Warriors. The Warriors were you know the Warriors, and then they moved. 
And then and then the, the Sixers, Sixers were the Syracuse. And then Syracuse, 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 Syracuse Nationals. Sixers yeah. came in a whole year later. Syracuse. I meant to say Syracuse. Oh, okay. so, but <laughs> I did it right. That's I did it right. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia had a team together. They don't know. The Steelers don't yeah. know that. You got it. All right, pull out. Great call. We got to come up with a winning answer here for a documentary we'd like to see. Now, there's things that were in recent times that could be seen theoretically if you had the the footage for it, um, such as a young Joe D was said. That's me uh, probing the process on the 76ers behind the scenes of the process. I thought this was a great answer. A Lawrence Taylor documentary, all the cocaine use and women and kicking ass for the Giants. I hate to say Stuff. it. But, uh, Vince the greatest McMahon, football player on the planet. Mike. Well, yeah, certainly the greatest was, defensive player. Yes. Uh, Vince McMahon, the whole you know I WWF thing. That's pretty. All right. Then you had the the back in the days, which you know there's not going to be footage for, like Lewis and Clark and all that stuff. But um, what are we going with here? I like the Vince McMahon one. I, I do too. I think that's a fascinating. Probably I'm not even that, that big I think a wrestling, the whole wrestling guy. thing is just it's <laughs> it would be just pretty insane. Good. It's a, it would be yeah. All this right. I mean, so many things that happen with these wrestlers. I like and, that answer. All right, Chuck from Mount Airy. I love it. Chuck, you've won the Creed tickets. Well done with the Vince McMahon answer. Uh to Josh Harris. Josh, thanks for being in studio today. My pleasure. No well, anytime. Clean Ooh. up clean up your basketball team. We're working on it. Yeah. Do you want to bet that we make it out of the second round, Joe? You make the bet. I never make an anti-bet. I think you're unlikely to do it. I never bet against the Philadelphia teams. I will not make that bet. I'll put up $40 million against it. <laughs> <laughs> to Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, uh, Daryl. Oh, Daryl. Just, Daryl just showed up. <sighs> oh, just ran in here. You're late. All right. <laughs> 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 uh, T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.